Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast that knows all too well that you can't solve size issues by radiation alone. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming in this here Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups, the drive-in gods, we have been tasked once again to program a specially themed double bill for the ravenous hordes of mutants and madmen outside our projection room door. You know, Chris... What, Brandon? (laughs) Filmmakers are constantly bringing new monsters to the screen. Always. Often. All the time. From from the sky, or under the ground, or... uh, Thanks to atomic testing, all sorts of weird creatures, right? Different shapes, different sizes. But the one thing that they all have in common is a taste for human flesh. Mmm, human flesh. My question, Chris, is have you ever eaten a human flesh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, not this week. Would you? Maybe. Yeah, I guess circumstantially, right? How about this? I always like the long pig. I want to ask you this. If you were in... Okay, let's just say... Now, look, I get it. If you are on a... a a plane and it cra- you're a soccer player and it crashes and you have to eat your friend's butts to survive, would you do it? Yeah. Yes, you would. We, we know, right? You would. Oh, I wouldn't stop at the butt. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> when have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> just keep on going. But It gets more tender. <laughs> but let's say that there's a, a, a place, uh, International Waters, okay, and... You would not get in any trouble. So this is like the whaling ship Essex. Yes. You're hanging out with, uh, uh, what's his name? Captain Corelli. No, who's the who's the, the, the guy that... The guy with the mandolin? Yeah, sure. No, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Captain... Captain Phillips? Captain Phillips. <laughs> oh. You're hang, so you're, ah! you're hanging out with Wilson Phillips. I'm the cannibal now. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I'm the cannibal now. <laughs> But you're put in a position where somebody goes, okay, we've got human here. Do you want to try it? You're like Anthony Bourdaining it, right? And you're like, do you want to try this Like human? that time you ate the warthog asshole? Yes. Yes. Okay. Would you do it? Would you try it? now? As long as there was no sand on it, yeah, I'd try it. Seriously, though, would you try it? Asshole? No, a human, like human, human meat, cooked human meat. Well, you know, I'll, I'll try anything. Try anything once, yeah, right? <laughs> and yeah. If I like it, I'll try it twice. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird question, it's right? It's like that Tales from the Crypt episode, you know, where the guy keeps going back to the uh, the diner oh. where they serve the human flesh, and he's like, I've developed a taste for it. <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> What's so funny about this is... Was it Christopher Reeve in that one? Yeah, Christopher Reeve. And uh, yes, oh, that's one of my favorite yeah. ones. 
Is I've that sort of developed a taste? <laughs> it's, it, there's a guy. I think it's uh, Art Lafleur. I think. Sorry, I've been like, hanging out in the corner this whole yeah, time. Who I'm the so, fuck are you? We haven't so, even gotten so, to you I yet. Know, I know, guys. I don't leave. I don't leave here. I live. I'm under the table. And when you guys start talking about it, I'm like, you guys want to talk about movies? <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. Well, if you haven't figured it out now, one of our favorite guests has returned. Everybody, it's Jack. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, Jack, Jack Holloway has come back. <laughs> I don't leave, but I had this was the conversation was just too good. Yeah. What's what's so funny is th- we're not doing a programming of cannibal movies. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful and in the moment and a great question. Brandon okay. would same scenario, not a survival thing. Yeah, but just a, hey, this is maybe even it was like humanely taken. Yeah, right. Somehow. Sure. I'm not saying that this there's or it's a scam like in uh, what what is the. Matthew Broderick, Marlon Brando movie. The Freshman. Freshman, Freshman, yeah. yeah. Where they're not really eating endangered species. They're just charging you for it and feeding you smoked turkey from Virginia. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, look, I want to (laughs) say... No, yes. Just because this is going out to people that are listening. But I think if I... like. I think curiosity would get the better of me, <laughs> and I would probably <laughs> want to so try. Of, you know what? We should get as a guest if, on this show, oh, Army wow. Hammer. Oh, no! <laughs> He's already here. Oh my god! Oh, he was wearing Brandon's face. Oh my god! <laughs> Hannibal the Cannibal did that. Oh. The real question I wanted to ask before we get further down this hole that I really don't want to go down. The this, rabbit's butthole. This rabbit's hole. Speaking of David Lindsay a bear. Nope. Um, <laughs> uh, that was off mic, you guys. We actually, when we're not recording, we have a long the- discussions about theater the and- plays of David Lindsay a bear. <laughs> um, Chris, my question is actually this. Is it possible for monsters to exist? I know that's a loaded question. Well, Brandon, I think probably the easiest answer to that question, which is a very difficult question, is yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah sure. So Monsters I, exist. I And I, I think when we get into our movies, I want to dive into this a little bit more, but like, because uh, my thought was, we, you know, how much of the ocean have we explored? Nothing. You know? Nothing. Nothing. None of it. Hardly any of it. In, Just in a drop in the bucket. Yeah. We know there's some fucking crazy shit in the ocean. Hell yeah. If any... If, Anything is going to be a monster. It's going to be coming from the ocean. Yeah. Um, but what about the ground? What about the sky? Is it possible? Do you think it's possible for weird monsters to just show up? Maybe sure. nuclear testing? I don't fucking know. Well, I, I think there's been like a test ban treaty, right? So we don't really have any yeah, sure. nuclear testing? Sure. Yeah, they're not testing weird shit anymore. No, no, they 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 tell us the truth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, but let me Okay, how about this, Chris? Where do you think a monster would come from if one were going to make itself known? Uh, one of the restrooms at the state fair. Cool. <laughs> what about you, Jack? Where do you think is the most likely place oh, that we would find a monster? Oh, this is playground talk, by man, the way. Uh, man-made accident. Yeah, some mess of fucking around and finding out. Yeah. I think that's where we like still life yeah. <laughs> or species. We've uh, we've done some testing and we've made cancer airborne. Have you oh, guys ever seen species? Oh, species. <laughs> How do Wait, you say her name again? Natasha Henskrey? <laughs> that was in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, turds! <laughs> oh, yay. Brandon, what do you think? Do you think 
monsters, where might they, where are we most likely to get giant, terrifying things that hunt us down and eat us? Okay. Public schools. I don't think, I don't think it's going to, I don't think, yeah. Don't think like, like, you guys are a bunch of fucking weirdos. You guys are like all like, <laughs> Mr., Mr., I'm Mr. <laughs> Skeptical Brandon, <laughs> and I no, don't think monsters are up. real. No, I do, if I, if anything, my guess would be there would be something monstrous in the ocean. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm, that's where well, I'm always sure, leaning. the biggest creature that's ever lived lives in the ocean. Yo mama? And just from like the <laughs> Got him, oh, got him, got him. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, hater. <laughs> Every time we take Chris's mama to the beach, they try to roll her back into the waves. Oh, no. <laughs> Your mama's so fat, she could use I-4 for a belt. Oh, oh shit. Your mama's so fat, uh, she uh, oh. she could uh, brush her, she uses a whole ham for a toothbrush. <laughs> Your mama's so oh, fat yeah. that if cum were concrete, she'd have a four-lane highway running right down her throat. <laughs> your, ma- your mama's so fat, her favorite cereal is a whole box of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You, 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 oh. Are we you, derailing here? No. <laughs> this is all This is great. All right. Camaraderie. <laughs> Look, our guest programmer is Jack Holloway, and the thing about what we're going to be talking about here are monsters. Monsters. <gasps> so, Jack. <gasps> Brandon. We got a double feature to program. You are our guest programmer for this episode. What movie are you bringing to the table tonight to show everybody? Oh, you guys, this is uh, this is an honor. Thank you for, for letting me. I, uh, the greatest monster movie, in my opinion, my humble opinion, it's it's what I think of when I hear a perfect script. When I think of pure joy in cinema, tremors. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now. How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up! That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys $5 for this. 20 That's how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell? Things. After they eat a whole station wagon. But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! You didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or... Or suckoids. Now, this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now, it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. It's my favorite movie of all time. I say that unironically and unabashedly. Am, is is now the time that I can tell everybody that if you go on Letterboxd <laughs> yes, and you want to follow Jack Holloway, 
<laughs> you find him at Tremors Fan sixty nine. <laughs> Brandon told me all about Letterbox. I was like, this sounds awesome. I know what my username is. And I went home that night and I was like, friend request to friend. Yeah. I got a new follower and I was like, who's this? Who, who is who? And I went, Tremor Fan 69. Oh, it's fucking Jack. <laughs> so, like, you really like this movie? I love this movie. Well, good. I, I, I your balls, know, man. I, I know. I love this First movie of all, tweets. before we go into the details, why did you choose <clears throat> J- Tremors? Oh, my gosh. I, I don't want to ramble too much, but I, I honestly think what. This movie somehow encapsulates everything that I love about movies. Genuinely, um, a beautifully, uh, beautifully crafted script with just the best setups, payoffs. There's not a wasted moment or word. The performances are just amazing. Um, chemistry galore. It is. It, I know they say lightning in a bottle. It really feels. I think this movie belongs in the same tier. If you think of like the iconic movies, probably from our, you know, our. Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Gremlins, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Back to the Future. I think Tremors, You can, and I don't think many people would put it there. I think it deserves to be there. I truly do. Because every, I've never seen a movie balance uh, horror and comedy. And, I mean, it's not, it's not exactly horror, but they do, they take the threat seriously. They never stand it's outside of it. It's a fucking monster movie, it's, man. It is the Citizen Kane of B-movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's just beautiful um well, let's go into the effects. Oh, let's yeah, go into some stats man what do we got oh my goodness stats oh yes so tremors uh, uh the year 1990 uh director ron in the Und- year 1990 i was 10 as a wee lad <laughs> brandon's like i was coming off my first divorce yeah are you kidding um, <laughs> i was crushing puss you, that time you were seven brandon yeah, i know <laughs> so young <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> uh, ladies. Started young. <laughs> um, uh, Trevor's directed by Ron Underwood, written wait, by... Wait, who, oh, oh, Ron sorry. Underwood, what does what he... So, did, who, what else did he do? Uh, I I also like this movie a lot. Directed City Slickers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he... I, I feel and like this was his... all of the Tremors sequels, mm. I think. No, or, I don't think he did, dude. I don't <gasps> oh, did think he, he did returned. Interesting. Um, okay. But I feel like he might have done... Did he do the remake of Mighty Joe Young? He did, I believe. I think so. he did. I, I know. So. I, I feel like Ron Underwood Amy basically. Amy Bad Gorilla. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's that's a Congo di- smaller. Oh right, and sorry. that's a great movie too. <laughs> Has, oh man, I fucking love Congo. Cong- that will be on the show at Con- one point, dude. I would love to. Congo has the worst line of dialogue, but the actor is so good they turned it into the best line ever. Is it? Can uh, I just guess? If you don't mind, take it. So, on page, I think it's one of the worst lines ever written. The actor is so damn charming. Oh, if, then I think I know what the line is. Please, if you... Oh, this Okay, please. I am a great white hunter. You are amazing. Yes. Sorry, sorry, please, <laughs> please, please, that it? Yes, that. it's Ernie Hudson delivering the line, my name is something Monroe. My name is Monroe. I am your great white hunter, though I happen to be black. <laughs> I was like, there has never been... I was like... You are so cool. Ernie Hudson, if you're listening. You're the yeah, he is. He really is. He's so only cool. Ernie Hudson. He's the leader. Okay, we're not talking about comedy. Sorry, I'm sorry. That, that we'll would be, be a great movie to talk about. But, um, you know, we should yes. do an entire show on great lines delivered by Ernie Hudson. And, oh, sorry. If I, can, if I can circle after that. Uh, Congo was written by... Uh, it's a playwright. It's a, We can circle it back. Oh, my to God. John Patrick Shanley. John Pat- yeah. You are amazing, Brandon. Yes, yes that's I right. I remember that. Not David Lindsay Abair? <laughs> David Lindsay Abair. John Patrick Shanley. D- 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 Shakespeare. Together again. William, William, Lee Harvey Oswald. William Terrence Shakespeare. <laughs> God 
God damn it. Um, All right, let's go on from Tremors. What else is who, so who oh, wrote us? Uh, uh, written by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, also the writers of Short Circuit 1 and Short Circuit 2, one of my favorite movies. I love Short Circuit 2. <laughs> I fucking love Short Circuit 2. <laughs> Unabashedly. No um, disassemble. No disassemble. Number five. Oh, my God, the scene where he this like, is going to be some good where, slop. The scene where they beat, beat him. Beat him to death. Mm-hmm. Traumatized yes, me as a kid. Yes, me too. I saw, it's yeah. also the reason I love uh, Eric Satie's Jim Nopi Day. That's they they do a riff on that mm-hmm. in the score. Oh, so, sounds... I'm too busy distracted by the uh, the fucking '80s montage pump up song where yes. he's going after the bad guys. I need a hero. hero. I like, yeah. Oh, I am really pissed off. Los locos kick your ass. Los locos kick your face. Take it, Chris. All over the place. Oh, it's outer space, right? It's outer space. It's outer space. Oh, outer space. I'm sorry. In outer space. It's been forever, But you know what? Speaking of outer space, where did these monsters come from? (laughs) (laughs) No, not yet. All right. What else? No way they're local boys. Oh no! And, uh, oh, and, oh, these are lo- speaking of local boys. Um, uh, and uh, so written by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, starring, goodness gracious, a cast of amazing actors. You got Kevin Bacon, the late great Fred Ward, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Uh, Finn Carter, Michael Gross, and I believe is her screen debut, Miss Reba McIntyre. Reba, oh, so Reba good. Las so Vegas. Good. So, guys, I I put these letterbox synopsises in, oh. and the. Problem. You typically letterbox tends to have some pretty good stuff, but yeah, just, I don't know if the aspect ratio is good on these synopses, Brandon. Yeah, I gotta tell you, for all three of these movies, these are the most pretentious, <gasps> overly written synopses I've oh, ever man. read in my life. Right. So I want you guys to deliver them as such. So Jack, go mm-hmm. ahead and read us the letterbox synopsis, which I do not think is a good way to sell this movie. This is great. Okay, I have not seen this. Yeah, this is a cold read. Hick, Handyman, Val McKee, and Earl Bassett can barely eke out a living in the Nevada hamlet (laughs) of perfection. So they decide to leave town despite an, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot, admonition? Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm not very, I'm not a smart guy. Despite an ad admonition from a shape hold on what the they didn't fuck? watch the fucking movie they she did, did not fit no, Val's that, definition that of, was the whole thing yes. and Finn Carter is amazing in the movie and it's beautiful that he has this like oh she's gonna have all these things and she's just a really sweet incredibly resourceful one no. shapely seismology co-ed <laughs> hey whoever wrote this no yeah. you didn't watch the movie I don't think they did despite and also um they she did not uh, an admonition that means beckoning them to stay she didn't ask them to stay she just said hey guys have you noticed any vibrations no, admonish. in the air? Admonish? Oh, so... Bagging the finger at. She didn't fucking wag her finger at them leaving. She just said, hey, have you guys noticed any strange seismic activity? And then she realized that she had that zinc oxide. Yeah, and was like, oh... Ah, goodness. So, sorry, I'll get back into <clears throat> They decide to leave town despite an admonition from a shapely, shapely seismology co-ed who's picking up odd readings on her equipment. Before long, Val and Earl discover what's responsible for those readings... 30-foot-long carnivorous worms with a proclivity for sucking their prey underground. <laughs> hmm. You ever been sucked underground? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Hell, it was so good, Jack had to use two hands to pull the sheets out of his asshole. <laughs> Everybody's making a lot of noise. Look, like, please, please, come I, on, come on. 
the thing about this movie though is that like it's a perfect monster movie and they and no pun intended but they're literally burying the lead the last <laughs> set, 30 foot long carnivorous worms with the proclivity for sucking their prey underground terrorize Yes. The, the denizens of a small Nevada hamlet called Perfection. Hit if you're gonna with, just, hit me with the worms first, yeah, <laughs> use the worms in the first. What the? Who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> he wrote it, didn't he, Brandon? <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> I almost, I almost, I need to. Co- can I comment on the synopsis? Yes, As Tremors fan sixty nine. Yes, Tremors fan sixty nine. Like, look, buddy. I don't think there's anybody better equipped. I will, I will take. I'm not confident about a lot in my life, but I will take this person down a peg. <laughs> well, hey, hey, bud, no, no. Yeah, what? What? Okay, what? but so aside from that, we. Why is this movie so great? Oh, let's talk about Tremors. Good. I, and please, let's all talk together. Like, I, oh, honestly, at the same time, right now, as okay, we're all talking one, two, at the same three, time, I think go. we should talk about I Tremors. Think what's great the idea about it here is, is that there's there's not enough gingham. <laughs> <laughs> Gingham. Um, no, if uh, I, I found out a little bit of behind the scenes stuff that everybody that worked on this apparently, or at least they claim, uh, just had a blast. And I think you, it shows. Right? Yeah, you definitely. Can they were enjoying themselves. They were, and there was love amongst the the cast and support. And I heard a little story about the. Uh, I, I won't go into it too much, but like the the miniature department really invested in it took like weeks to design this one miniature chair and then they noticed in the the large shot that the chair was destroyed and they went to the director and they're like we would it be possible to move the chair over we worked really hard so that we could match it and the director went yeah of course uh, <laughs> i was like that's so beautiful like people care and uh it just all uh, that love shines right through and the characters are so wonderful. They support each other. They rescue each other. Um, it it just feels it's. It, I've never seen a more joyful film. Um, that's why. And and I mean, on a structure level, oh my gosh, you give me people trapped somewhere with an outside scary thing, and they gotta think their way out of it. Mm-hmm. Give me the thing. Give me give me Night of the Living Dead. Give me Cube. Get, I am in. I'm in a hundred percent. And this is that Cube and, too. <laughs> hypercube. hypercube. The hypercube it was weird. ADHD cube. <laughs> Let pube. Me, okay. Pube. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Vincenzo Natalie's pube. <laughs> is that like X? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You know, it's hold, funny, Jack, because... caught my throat. <sighs> <laughs> okay, got it up. Do earlier you were mentioning that you, you named a bunch of other movies like uh, Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, and I, what I think is fascinating, it, it, like those movies also feel like those people had a lot of fun making it. Yes, you know, and that is infectious, and I think it's one of the reasons why those movies are so good and why some of the sequels pale in comparison. Um, Tremors delivers, and it's a true monster movie. So I, you know. I probably have seen Tremors a hundred times in my life. That's awesome. But I, when you picked it, I recently I rewatched it, and it was awesome. I, have you ever seen it on like a big screen, like not a TV, like on a screen? I never have. Oh, did you project <gasps> it, Brandon? I you did. Project- oh, and it was a completely different experience for me. I've watched this movie like probably a lot of people listening, and oh, probably I think I saw this in the theater. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I was thirteen years old that's when this came out. Awesome. See. I- 
So, I'd say seeing it with, and I'm sorry, interrupt, that's right. but any uh, seeing this, this is one movie, the first PG 13 movie that I went to when I was 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. This movie feels like <clears throat> with a crowd, it gets even better. I, well, I would love to watch it with a packed house. The more that I kind of think about it, too, just like the actors on screen, you, there's a scene in the movie where they're basically kind of going fishing. Mm hmm. <laughs> And of course, they take the explosives and throw it out in, when they're on the rocks. They they throw it out into the, uh, the the sand of the desert, and then one of the graboids eats it. And they're all like, "Yeah!" And then the thing explodes, and they're all like, "Yeah!" yeah! And then all the pieces come raining down on them, like that exploding whale from like the seventies and everything. You know, I, I seem to remember or the that, Stay like, Puft Marshmallow Man. Yes, <gasps> that the audience went nuts. Oh, that's when awesome. that scene. That's happened. awesome. Yeah. Well, I I think a lot of us grew up probably watching it on tv because it was always on tv it's one of those rare genre films that works on television because it's well it's pg-13 and it's not excessively violent it's not uh there's not a whole lot of you know foul language although interesting point that we'll maybe get to in a little bit that wasn't always the case (laughs) but was always on TV, and it was like a rental staple. And I'm sure I I, I don't really know how it did box office wise. Uh, very quickly, it, yeah. Um, famously, it did not do well. I think it opened up fifth. Didn't uh, it test really well? It tested wonderfully. And I, I don't want to get too sidetracked. Uh, I have an interesting story about that crowd reaction. The um the quick version is there is an alternate ending where yes, uh, Val and Earl uh, after after everything's gone, everything's gone down. Uh, they drive away from perfection. They're leaving. And um, Earl, oh, God, I love Fred Ward. He gives that speech to Val about, you You know, you really left something behind there. You should have done something with that girl. You should have talked to her. And he's like, ah, what does she want with me? And they're driving away. Earl goes to pull out a cigarette. Can't find his lighter. And he's like, she still got our lighter. And Val's like, that was a really good lighter. Bam, they pull a 180 and they drive back. And the test audience... um, they they were not happy with that because they were going, come on, kiss, kiss. And they didn't kiss. Oh. So that that is a total reshoot where they hmm. where Finn Carter and Kevin Bacon, they come together and they they kiss at the end. That was that was they test they test screened it and they they decided to do a new ending where they celebrate on the kiss. There. OK, this is cr- now, Chris. <gasps> yes. Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, did they not write Big Trouble in Little China? No, it was W.D. Richter. Well, wait a second. No, hold on a second. The original Western Western version. Did, you, get, check, let me, let me check look the it magic up. box. Magic <laughs> box. Go ahead and vamp for me, guys, while you're you doing that. Got... <laughs> watch out under the ground. Worms are coming round. Worms are coming round. Don't make a sound. Oh, wait, I'm singing a song. Oh, my God, I won't be here very long. <laughs> Okay, here we go. So, perfect timing. Um, no. <laughs> but you know what uh, they did write? Wild Wild West. Huh. Oh, well, th- that's a much better film. <laughs> oh, no. Let's talk about that instead. Oh, no. Let's scrap it. We're going to talk about Congo and Wild Wild West all oh, the time. Oh, my God. The reason why... Oh. I'm not even going to go into why. We're going to just be taking up minutes of why I want that down, went down that path. No. All right. Sorry. Tremors is about worms in a small Nevada town that yes. eat a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, I guess we should start there. Yeah. They bite Victor Wong and make his nose bleed. Oh, uh, that I, I watched closely this time. Does he hit his... 
he hits his. Oh, I mean, Victor Wong does not. But you can see uh, when it uh, when the graboid crashes through the floor, it throws him forward, face first into the uh, Pepsi machine. My whole life, and I think I noticed that. Yes. Uh, when I saw it, when I on a screen, like when I projected it onto this giant screen outside, and. Always, my friends and I, we would always because we're so cool. Kids. This is what eight-year-old Brandon's thinking. It is. We were always like, "How come when the tremor bites Victor Wong, his nose bleeds? He bit him so hard that the blood squirts out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's not all that it squirted out from. Oh, <laughs> where's amazing. that guy from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just characters. Uh, Dead City Drive-In. Characters welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. USA. Yeah. As opposed to who? <laughs> yeah. Characters are not welcome No characters here. are wel- not welcome. No, no, no. no, no Rhonda Shear is welcome. Gilbert oh. Gottfried, welcome. Yes. Characters. Never. Fuck off. Up. Oh, yeah. All night. Well, this And Monk, right? Right, Jack? Oh, Monk? I do like some Monk. Do you guys know that the original pitch for Monk was... Tony Shalhoub would just dig up corpses and push them and make all the stuff ooze out. It's called Mung. Oh, God. <laughs> it would have been an interesting show. Don't they make beans out of that? <laughs> Ew. I like Mung beans. Oh, They no. pitched the same show again. Uh, the guys that wrote Tremors pitched the same show to Showtime with Thomas Jane as the lead, and they're like, it's perfect, but instead of having <laughs> stuff come out of his dick, let's just have him have a big dick. Big old. So they called it Hung, but it was the same premise. <laughs> Uh, uh, stung. I don't. I don't run. We're, we're doing. We're doing riffs on tongue. Did you guys tongue. ever see the ring? The ring. Originally, it was called the Mung. The sequel was the Rung. <laughs> okay. So, Trevor. So, Tremors. what do you do with a six foot asshole? <laughs> give him a mic and give him the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you, because I'm only five ten. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, and I'm 6'3", so big fuck motherfuckers. Off. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Come on, Jack. Tell Come me on, about Tremors. Oh, I want to hear you gush all over Tremors. I want oh. you to make me Tremor, Jack. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, no, one thing I, I absolutely adore uh, that I think is it's it's a quality I see kind of slip. Not always, but I, 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 I see it slipping away in screenwriting. Um, is just the concept of setup and payoff. Um, the uh, whole movie is like everything is set up and there, pays off. There's so much yeah. thought put into the script that I, I, I rewatching it. I in even, porn they call that edging. Oh dear! <laughs> well, they, they edge us the entire. No, it, I, they, no the, the tension and suspense. Going. You know, that's the one thing that this yeah. movie, although it's not like we said overly violent. I mean, it's got its. It does know, have gross, some surprising gross, violence, but yeah. gross yeah. moments in it and everything. But by and large, it's all the tension. Yep. I mean, this movie is all Suspense. about tension. And it's, it's constantly one of the things that's just brilliant is the constant back and forth. The humans are winning. <gasps> graboids are winning. Humans are winning. Graboids are winning. And every time they figure something out, all right, let's get out. Okay. They, These uh, things are smart. These things are, <laughs> he's not falling for it. This one ain't dumb. <laughs> Well, the oh, monsters, look who it is. the monsters they, they, they evolve so too in the movie. Like yes. you think it's something, it turns out it's something else, and it mm-hmm. keeps morphing kind of into something else. They ain't smarter than us, and it's weird. It's like, yeah, it's crazy to think. Like the idea is so good of these monsters in the that they, and I, I, we'll save some sequel discussion for a little bit later. But like, <laughs> honestly, the sequels are all pretty decent sequels, and it's like they continue the concept. Like, 
it's like such a great idea the that life they can cycle of yes, this weird they can keep going with it and yeah. pushing it and I, like I love that aspect about this movie. Yeah, like Piranha Two, exactly like Piranha Two. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron, yeah, you gotta get. But the let's talk about a little bit about the rating because mm. you're saying it's not it's not super bloody. There is some surprising violence in the movie. You know, there's like some brains and a yeah. and a construction helmet and Victor Wong's nose. I know he yeah. gets thrashed. And of course, around. when the uh, the graboids either you know gravity kind of takes over and they splatter. <laughs> oh, that's and, gross! Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so and then good. it's oh. like a big jelly donut. What about the dude's head like in the ground? Oh, yeah, just the face sticking out of the up. thing. Like it's <sighs> it's it. It's good. Like it's not outrageous. Not like enough yeah. to make you go. Shield your eyes, honey. You, yeah. It's like you can watch this. It makes you. It's a good gateway film. Yes, yes. I was gonna say this is like uh, I think we've talked before. Gremlins is great. This is a great starter horror movie. It I is. think. I think this might have been my starter horror movie. No shit. Yeah, I believe so. I remember. Did this get um, your motor running, Jack? Yeah, the, the head out on the highway. Um, you gotta, you gotta get, the, you gotta know when to hold them and fold them. I don't know any other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know yeah, where it, you're going with that, but okay. Uh, you know, got to bring it around. Um, but yeah, it uh, famously, it didn't do too well at the box office, but VHS dropped, and this is right when Blockbuster and VHS sales are starting, and that's how it was saved. And I believe, uh, I remember watching this with my family as a little kid. Dude, me too. Yes! We, we would rent, this was like a, a, a rental, in fact, and then it was a big deal when the sequel came out, because it, I was like, oh my god, there's a... Tre- again, yeah. before the internet, you were like, holy fuck! We walked into the video store and there's a Tremors <laughs> 2, and I was like, whoa! And it was so exciting. It was great. Um, this also has a, a moment in it, not a, a few moments long, but there are sequences in films that I call just absolutely sublime <gasps> moments of film. And I'll give you a couple of examples of that. To me, that I, where I'm just like, this reaches, like, it's just wonderful to me. There's a scene in the movie House of the Devil where the lead character dances around the house to the fix the and it's sublime it's a wonderful moment in 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 horror cinema to me i just think it's incredible watching this woman dance around to one thing leads to another in a house of devil <laughs> the uh movie it's weird a lot of it involves music the movie rules of attraction mm-hmm. has another scene uh that has a sublime moment of these two guys dancing on a bed together to George Michael. And it's just, it's such a wonderful moment in a film. Ted Levine is uh, Buffalo Bill sure. in Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> tucking it in there and doing goodbye horses. But this movie has <laughs> a sequence that you've been waiting for. Since it, like you never knew you wanted to see it until it happens. And it might be the scene I don't know. Do people talk about this movie in scenes? Like, you know, the movie has a scene where... But it might be a scene that everybody does remember from the movie. And it's when Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre oh. realize that this thing's coming through the wall. And they unload Oh, that their fucking shot there, Matt. You know, because it starts... I was looking at the mechanics of how they set that scene up and the shot and everything where... They pull in, you know, really, really close, and you've got a reaction shot of Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross, and then they turn to the wall, and of course, 
the graboid comes through the wall and you know they're unloading on this thing but then they slowly do this <laughs> pan and then they pull out oh dude that shot is <clears throat> incredible yeah where it pans over and they're ha- it's happening in the same scene mm-hmm. like you see them shooting this thing any other horror movie these characters would be dead yes and you'd hear their voices on the walkie talkies <gasps> they'd be like shart we lost another one, you know, which actually you think that's what happened <laughs> you because do. they go to the reaction shot on top of Victor Wong's yeah. market and you everything. It's like fire from you there, hear the gunfire. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, but then we oh, are treated no. to them going on. Oh. All these machine guns are tossing them to each other, tossing <laughs> ammo, machine guns. He pulls out his elephant gun. Dude, that scene is broke into the wrong goddamn rec room. <laughs> huh? You bastards. <laughs> I just think that scene and I, politics aside like I'm not a big gun guy and I'm not like I don't when I see guns in movies there's never a moment where I'm like oh you know but in that scene I'm like fuck yes it yes. is like the most exciting it, it, shoot 'em up scene in a movie to you me you care about the town you care about you care about Bert and Heather Gummer mm-hmm. and yep. you don't want them to go and all of a sudden they're fighting back against these monsters that have already attacked and taken some people away and yeah that it also what's beautiful about it is it shows it is badass to see that but then it shows how damn tough these graboids are yes they are hitting it that's with what it took to kill them a, and by the way that's what I love in uh, movies Movies. They do that in at least one of the other movies that we're talking about too tonight, Ooh, and yes. it's like when you. I think it's so important in a monster movie to see what you're up against. Like you kill one, mm-hmm. but you're like that fucking almost killed us. Yes. This is the one, and then you're like, oh my god, there's six. There's still six left. And that one, that one, they had the advantage of. We were already underground in the basement. Yeah, it was exposed. These others, I can't. Yeah, we can't I, even see can't, them. And I love that they take that power away with. They're under the ground. It's you know dirt. What does I've he say? Never had to hunt anything under, under the ground. ground. Dirt is the best bullet stop there is. It's like, oh, yeah. this is great. So they they show it. We're triumphant, and then they take it away from us with, nope, that only that one. They're not going to fall for it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're smart. They like figured I love out. It. That, yeah, I I also like that it takes them a while to figure out. That they hear vibrations like that, yes. you know. That I love that they're going. Oh, huh? Yep. Uh, we kind of figure it out a we, little bit before them. May- oh, uh, I guess no, we do because uh, we watch everybody else get killed. No, it's not. There, it's not black and white. It's, I like uh, it, the, the amount we learn about them at the same yeah, time they are. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's when they all get trapped when uh, uh, Rhonda and Val and Earl are all trapped on the, the rocks. rocks. Yeah. That's when they, you know, they decide, okay, we escaped it and what they've learned is they can't come up on the rocks. Okay. They wait for a little bit and then oh, they're still there. All right, we're going to spend the night out here. Okay, they're definitely gone. Let's yep, take still there. Yep. And they're like, okay. And then it clicks why old man Edgar. Well, they can't smell us underneath there. <gasps> they must be able to through the boulder. So they discover. Oh, yeah, it's an sa- amplifier. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then we go to pole vaulting. And it's and science. Go- oh, my God. Oh, that's another scene. <laughs> the fucking pole vaulting Ooh, scene beautiful. is one of those. We can pull up. Okay. These residual boulders. <laughs> Finn Carter. Another Amazing. thing I want to say is like the best movies, when you watch it, have moments that you want to do. Yes. Okay, so help me think of an example of that, you guys. Like, we we all want to go be a Ghostbuster. We do. Right? Um, we all want to shoot a proton pack. Like, oh we want to fire. Well, I mean, right now in the world, everybody wants to go and kill a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, sure. There's another yeah. one there. Yeah, I'm trying to... Uh, very rarely do I, though, do I want... No, okay, but I, yes, yes, okay. Yeah. 
It's the, but there's that scene in Tremors. The floor is lava. Where they go Stale. fucking pole vaulting, and it looks so. And the score is like transcendent it's fun the, that harmonica yes. in there oh uh the score very quickly i always tend to talk about the score with you guys uh and i don't have the name written down but this was i run it was written by two gentlemen um one of them anytime you hear yeah if you wouldn't mind the little magic box um it was scored anything you hear that nice sweet harmonica sound that during the pole vaulting that is uh, is one of the composers and the other composer did the sort of awesome orchestral stuff same guy that did police academy did the orchestral Ernest stuff Ernest Troost Oh yeah Troost is and that... the other guy was Oh here we go soundtrack um and then there was some uncredited stuff so you've got two composers Robert uh, Folk Robert Folk and I think Robert Folk is the gentleman who did the that the sweet... Folk stuff the, No I think ironically I think oh, it was Folk... opposite Folk did the orchestral stuff. Like, um, I think Folk also did the Police Academy March. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's dirty um. work. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. Citizens on Patrol. That beautiful <laughs> shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful shot where you see all three of them pole vaulting in tandem. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what it's I'm like, saying. It's oh. so beautiful and fun. And you want to go join them despite the threat. Yeah. You're like, this looks like fun. I want to ride on a bulldozer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Also, this movie is so good, I had a realization. It's Kevin Bacon driving a bulldozer. Not once did I think about Footloose. (gasps) But it wasn't. Well, I guess, yeah, Kevin Bacon, you know, after, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I feel like that would be. Why exactly? Does he drive a bulldozer? Yeah, and he does a tractor. They play chicken. chicken. Okay, I've never seen Footloose. Really? Yeah. I feel like that was kind of the like, Chris Penn. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the amount of uh, there's not a wasted scene, and it feels like everything I rewatched. Everything's set up. What about the water tower? Oh my god! The water tower is a setup. Oh, mm-hmm. Water tower. Um, uh, 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 you've got the and even with the setups, they're they're they are hiding it well, as all good setups should be. They go into Chang's. Uh, right in the first 10 minutes of the movie, Pepsi machine starts bearing. Yeah. Hey, guys, the, the bearing's going out. Can you fix that? Now, they don't just stop there. They establish Val and Earl. Val starts to go fix it. Earl says, no, no, no. We got another job. We got to go. And that's where the great line, I think I'm going to butcher it, but Val says, uh, yeah, we don't do anything right now. That way, <laughs> Earl explained it to me. It's like, yes, oh. yes. So and we then, plan ahead, so yeah, that way we don't do anything, anything right, right now. now. Earl explained it to me. And then, uh, sadly enough, that same Pepsi machine, they're quiet in the building, and then all of a sudden, starts going. They try to unplug it. Chekhov's Pepsi machine. They set it up, set it up, pay it off, baby. The first scene, uh, you want to talk about crazy. Uh, uh, of course, the movie starts and ends with them on the cliff. Oh, mm-hmm. stampede. Something I didn't notice, I don't. It had to be intentional. Now, obviously, at the end of the movie, he comes back. Well, I just thought Stampede. Um, you know when he's shaking the truck with Fred Ward in it? Mm-hmm. Fred Ward's in a sleeping bag. Yep. He has the sleeping bag up over his and head. And he falls out of the back of the truck. Falls. He look. He he shuffles in the sleeping bag. He kind of looks like a graboid. And then just oh, goes shit. up and over the tail. I was like, did they do that? They must have. Probably. God, I love it. So much. One thing That's- I learned back when I was a freshman in college and my f- roommate was a film student, mm-hmm. he says, don't you ever, ever think that that shit wasn't intentional. And of course, that's what you want to tell everybody to make sure you look like a genius. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so that was totally intentional, Jack. Well, great. I want to, you said the word and I want to talk about it a minute. The, the If I have any gripe with the movie mm-hmm. at all, is that the, the name of the things. 
Graboids? Graboids? You're not a fan of... You, do you prefer snakeoids? I prefer <laughs> tremors. It's funny. Most people do say they're like, oh, yeah, the tremors and the... It's like, oh, yeah. Call them a tremors. That is nice. I don't know. I've always, that's the one thing I'm like, call it a tremor. A tremor. Call it a tremor. <laughs> Graboid just doesn't... It doesn't it doesn't work for me. It's that's, not. It's. It sounds too dumb. That's very funny. <laughs> but you know, it's also coming from these guys. These guys who tried it. It, uh, it works. A, that's another aspect of the film. Snakeoids. Snakeoids. Yeah. yeah. Graboid. Oh, I like that. Graboid. <laughs> that's another. Great that, if, yeah. By the way, that, I just want to say that's my only gripe with the movie, oh. and that's because you nitpicky little right. bitch. That's okay, but the, that that shows you if that's the thing that stands out. The movie. The movie's is so, so goddamn good. <laughs> yeah. So um, goddamn fucking good. Oh God. I really do think we could talk about Tremors all night, and I would love to. Yeah, but we got two other movies. We do have two other movies to talk Let's. about. But I, I, I want to give you a chance to wrap some thoughts up, Jack. Do you have any, any other? Beat. Uh, uh, rapping is hard. You know. No, no. And I, this I, is I, why Jack never used a condom because uh, rapping is hard. No, no, I, I, I think we've kind of said every. It's one of those movies that, yeah, it. You could talk about it. It feels like you know you could talk about it forever. But, but if you haven't, if you haven't seen Tremors, if it's been a while since you uh, have seen it, I highly recommend it. It is, it is just joy, it, cinematic joy. Coming and from I, Tremors fan sixty nine. Coming from, hey, take it from me, Tremors fan sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> It legitimately is. Uh, sometimes people say, "Oh, what do you think is a perfect script?" And I'll say, I, "Tremors." Yeah. Unabashedly, it is a. It knows exactly what it is, and it does everything so well. And there's so much. And it delivers. Oh, uh, so much craft going into, it. and that I sometimes I feel, and I don't know if you'd agree or, or if this will even make sense, but someone that might not be as familiar with movies and films as you guys, they might not they might not be able to see the meticulous thought that went into crafting that script and they might just go oh yeah that's the one with the worms and it's cool <clears throat> but if you go no 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 do you understand in this scene they're setting up that so like it's almost I imagine uh, this will be a bad analogy but a, a, a magician who has amazing sleight of hand and you're like oh yeah that's cool you're like no but do you understand what he did like the 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 craftsmanship that went in it it's so good that you that you might not they realize. make it look easy yes yeah. it's, a, it's an effortless it, it's an effortless yes, film it yes, really is that is beautiful and everything it just keeps going too. it oh. just it literally like it, there's, and it's, it's endlessly watch, rewatchable yes, endlessly rewatchable I, I, again i can't believe how many times i've seen this movie my entire <laughs> life and i was so excited just to watch it again when you picked hey. it and I, it was just wonderful it was just wonderful to see it again and i and it's been a few years but it just uh, I don't know. I love that movie. I, I actually have a, a memory of uh, watching because I bought like the Tremors DVD set years ago. Like where it had like probably just the first two movies, honestly, at the time, maybe three. I don't remember, but I remember watching it, having it on one day, and like my dad came home and he was like, Are "You watching Tremors again?" <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it's like burned in my head. I remember thinking like, "I don't watch Tremors a lot." Well, well I guess yeah. I watch Tremors a lot. <laughs> Holy shit, I, I didn't even realize I watched Tremors a lot. Yeah, dude. It's a Brandon, great... you've got a problem. <laughs> Let's have it's... a Tremors intervention. Brandon, are you looking at a, a Brandon, are you looking at another sunset again? It's like, yes, of course. Yes, it's because it's, it's glorious. Every day. It's beautiful. It's I want to be inspired. I'm waiting for the green flash. <laughs> 
Well, that's actually a perfect segue because Chris, I think we need to double bill this bitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that you've brought a good choice to the table today. I have brought the granddaddy of good choices to the table today. My choice is 1954's Them. I tell you, gentlemen, science has agreed that unless something is done and done quickly, man, as the dominant species of life on Earth, will be extinct within a year. By direction of the President of the United States, stay in your homes, I repeat. Stay in your homes. Your personal safety, the safety of the entire city, depends upon your full cooperation with the military authorities. Yes, cities, nations, even civilization itself, threatened with annihilation, because in one moment of history-making violence, nature, mad, rampant, wrought its most awesome creation. For born in that swirling inferno of radioactive dust were things so horrible, so terrifying, so hideous, there is no word to describe them. So, Them was directed by Gordon Douglas, written by Tom Sherdeman, Russell Hughes, and it was adapted from a story by George Worthing Yates. Wasn't he a poet? <laughs> and he, I don't think he knew it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, terrible writer. Ah, man. <laughs> it's been too long. My puns are not as witty as they once were. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Them, it's probably a classic of the radioactive monsters gone amuck. Yeah, dude, it is like the it's the movie. I feel that the seminal, and I don't mean jizz. I mean seminal. Yeah, which I guess does mean jizz, doesn't it? Really? Okay. It, yeah. Anyway, yep. It is the seminal movie when it comes to this whole. Oh my god! By the power of the atom, it has mutated normal everyday creatures to super size. I mean, Godzilla, all the kaiju movies. I was going to say Godzilla's maybe the 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 one, but I think when you think of big bug movies, well, yeah, this is the one, right? Yeah. I mean, what else would? I think this is the one. Yeah, I mean, there's the Deadly Mantis, and you know, there's some other ones that are out there. The Giant Claw. Uh, yeah, it came from beneath the sea. Uh huh. Um, you know, there's just tons of them out there. Yeah, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. You know, these are all you know the giant monster movies in the 1950s, and it's because we have unleashed the power of the atom, the and because we don't fully exactly. The radiation did it. <laughs> yes, it made them grow large. When man opened the door to atomic testing, <laughs> it was a Pandora's <laughs> box that smelled musty and fishy. <laughs> all right, who's in this movie? Um, actually, we've got quite a few recognizable performers in this movie. Uh, right here it says James Whitmore, James Arness, Joan Weldon, and Edmund Gwynn. But there's a few other actors sure. that kind of show up in this movie as well. Actually, let me get my, my notes here. Hold on. Let me put on my professorial glasses Ooh. so I can read my notes here, Brandon. And while we're talking about Jack. that, I want to say that James Whitmore shows up in the movie looking like stoned off his ass the first scene in the movie and i'm sure he wasn't but i like the first time you see him in the movie he's like sitting in the the cop car and he's like <sighs> his like eyes are like sunken like, <laughs> like like squeezed shut like he's just like 
Oh. <sighs> it's, it reminds me like in uh from Dusk Till Dawn. Uh what what's our boy uh, oh. uh Michael uh, Michael Parks. Parks. Yes. He's like, it's a hot goddamn fucking day. Uh. I feel like James Whitmore is like his spiritual successor. He's the spiritual successor to that character. You know? Like it, it anyway, sorry. All right. So James Whitmore, by the way, can you just tell me what else James Whitmore has been in? Do you um, know? I, the thing, the two things that you know probably would be most recognizable is that uh, he was in the Shawshank Redemption. That oh, was he? Was he's he, the guy that kills himself? Red, red himself. Is here? Thank yeah. you. No, God. Red, no, Red Not was was Red uh, Morgan Freeman. God oh, what, damn it! What did he? What did he carve into the Brooks? Brooks, Brooks was here. here. Yeah. Oh man, dude, I, that's he's it. Phenomenal. Thank you. That's, okay. But that's he was also he was the um, Miracle Grow guy for many many years. So all through like the eighties and nineties, he did you know use Miracle Grow on your garden. So he's like the James Karen, because <laughs> wasn't James Karen? What was he the spokesman for? Uh, Didn't he do like a grocery store? Or yeah, something? he was yeah. like the the grocer. Yeah. Commer- yeah, okay. But anyway, James Whitmore did like all the Miracle Grow ads for like decades, um, and it was in tons of stuff. I mean, there was uh, he's the brother of Donald Moffat. <laughs> what? And uh, uh, what's his name from Babe? All three of them have the same family lineage. Yes. <laughs> oh, James, James Cromwell. 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 I, Seriously, don't they all look? To, oh, that- and Morgan Freeman from Dreamcatcher. <laughs> they, so this is like all, an alternate Sons of Lee Marvin kind of thing. Yes, all you know? with evil eyebrows. You know That's James true. Whitmore's eyebrows went out of control the older he got. You know it. They became like the fucking well, ants' antenna. <laughs> Shoot the antenna. Get they were the eyebrows. James Whitmore, yes. and, uh, James Whitmore is the, the father the of James going Whitmore over the Jr., <laughs> who was a television actor and then went on to become a very uh, productive television director as well. Oh, shit. All right. Um, but he was like, you know, a character actor in Magnum P.I. I remember him from uh, Black Sheep Squadron with uh, Robert Conrad. Okay. I know Robert Conrad. I never saw yeah. that show. Black Sheep. Were they? We they... are poor little lambs who have lost our way. Ring a bell? No. Don't sing anymore. It was a TV show that uh, Stephen J. Cannell created in like the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, Stephen J. Cannell. Yes, yeah, Stephen J. Cannell. You know? <laughs> The whole Christos. the writer of Cop Rock, dude. Oh, <gasps> no, not not the cop, not not, not, not the, and also it's a rock, Mag- Magnum rock P.I. Cop, the rock that or becomes no, the cop, and Donald. not Charles Dutton's yeah. Cop Rock. <laughs> yeah, that's Brandon's joke. <laughs> oh, stupid! But um, no, don't give me credit for sorry, that. No, it was Chris's a joke. it was a World War II drama uh, that was like a fictionally telling of uh, VMF two fourteen, which was a Marine. Uh, fighter squadron in World War Two, mm. and Pappy Boington was the you know the leader of the squadron. You have no idea what I'm talking about at Nobody all. Nobody does. You have no. <laughs> Man, I am just a fucking dinosaur. I'm just gonna go eat a. Never mind. Eat a we love big you, old Chris. radioactive dick. No, Chris has got to get back to the home. Everybody, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, yes. Yeah, we were. We all remember. Anyway, tell us more about how the allies stormed the beaches. We all. <laughs> James Harness, who was the, the thing. Be- yeah, the beaches and also of Marshall Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke. Now, but nobody knows what Gunsmoke is anymore. So it, who the fuck cares? Hey, James Harness. Now. You're the th- you're the thing expert here, and yeah. that's an easy joke. Uh, but is them before or after the thing? The thing I feel like is 1951, right? Mm, no, actually, I think it might 52. Be. I think it's older than we think it is. I don't think it's like 55. Mm. 
I feel like the thing from another world is nineteen. Roughly, the, well, here we got the fucking magic box, the magic dude. Box. The magic box will tell us. Tell me while magic you're doing box. that. I'm going to take this opportunity to remind the listeners. Uh, I don't know if I've told the story or not, but. Uh, one of the things, the first things that ever endeared me to our special guest tonight, Jack Holloway, was we were all hanging out at his house. 51. So okay. Yes, it is. No, three, three I'm not going to tell the rest four. of the story now. Oh, I want to know uh, what I did. So fuck did you, I Jack. We all hate you. I'll be Moving on. Now, guys. I'm back under the table. <laughs> okay, so the thing was 1951. Don't touch that, Jack. So that's, Sorry. So he was working up to, like, to now leading man. He is past the monster phase of his yes. career. And he's now in the attempt at leading man. Did James Arness ever do anything? Uh, so I guess Gunsmoke. But I mean, did, well, that was the longest okay. running show on television. So I guess he know, was a pretty time, yeah. big leading man. Yeah. Let me, before I just... And you know who his brother is, right? His James Arness's brother? Yes. No. Peter Arness. <laughs> that almost sounds Better like... known as Peter Graves. Oh, I did know that. I yeah. did Peter know Graves that. and James Arness were brothers. That's right. Because from Peter Graves from Mission Impossible. No, all you millennials who are listening out there, not Tom Cruise. The original television show, although Peter Graves didn't come until the second season. But anyway. Oh, John Voight. Yes, John but, Voight's character. Tom but Cruise. He's, but he's the bad guy in Mission Impossible. In no! The, in the 96 <laughs> movie, yes. I know. But Tom but Cruise. But Jim Phelps was actually the good guy in the TV show. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Phelps. Jim uh, Phelps. Desperado. Yes. Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. Wild Wild West. <laughs> All around the world. This is the art attempt song. to drive Chris, Chris insane in this episode. Chris's eyes are bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, but there's yeah. quite a few actors in them. Uh, you know, James Arness, here, Joan Weldon, Edmund Gwynn. Who That's Santy, right? Was, he was Chris Kringle in the original Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. Except he had a beard in that movie. Uh-huh. But we also have a very, very young Leonard Nimoy, yeah. a.k.a. Mr. Spock. Can I, okay, is, is he the guy, and I didn't know this until... I, is he the guy that he pulls the stuff off the teletype and he goes over to the secretary and, to and they're like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck this is all about. Send it over to the UFO fuckers. <laughs> and they like, that's like, Leonard Nimoy. That's Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Okay. That's all right. Great. And, uh, and Dub Taylor's in there too, who is a character actor that, you know, did lots of films and television, did a lot of Clint Eastwood stuff, uh, throughout the fifties, sixties, seventies, and even into the eighties. Hmm. So, um, and then Fess Parker who worked for Disney playing, Davy Crockett and did the TV show Daniel Boone right, okay. was Crotty, the uh, Texas pilot who I saw a UFO, but it didn't look like UFO. It looked like an ant with wings. That guy was great. Now, can I? Yeah. Is, it, there's the Davey story. Crockett. There's that story that's I think kind of famous about this movie that Walt Disney saw the movie, and the idea was they were like James Arness's agents were like Walt, come see them. So that you can cast James Arness as Davy Crockett, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, sure, I'll show up." And his, you know, his severed head floated in cryogenic freezing. He, he was cryogenically levitated. Frozen. Yeah, came in along with Jane Mansfield's uh, severed head. They both floated together into the viewing room, and they watched it. And Walt Disney, the, the pilot, comes on, mm -hmm. and Walt Disney is like. There hey, is. there's Davy Crockett. He was like, "No, no, no, that's not no. that's not Jim. That's not Jim." And he's like, I, "That's my Davy. That's my Davy." No. Anyway, James Arnett was like, the fuck? This fucking guy This stole my fucking role. guy. Yeah. All right. That's what. King of the wild frontier. <laughs> what? Okay. Can you read us, again, this letterbox <laughs> synopsis? 
sucks. But can, <laughs> can you read it anyway? Yes, I can. Okay. <clears throat> As a result of nuclear testing, gigantic, ferocious mutinants appear in the American desert southwest. And a father-daughter team of entomologists join forces with the state police officer who first discovers their existence, an FBI agent, and eventually the United States Army to eradicate the menace before it spreads across the continent and the world. Run-on sentence. Again. (laughs) As a result of nuclear testing, gigantic, ferocious mutant ants appear in the American desert. Southwest. That's all you need to do. I knew as I was typing it, and I typed in Southwest, that we were going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. And then I continued with the father-daughter team of entomologists. Why don't you just... just the big ants. And there weren't entomologists. They he was weren't. the world's foremost myrmecologist. Yes. Oh, take that, bitches! And here, here's the thing. These three movies that we're talking about literally have the easiest pitches probably of any movies ever. Once, not even one sentence. You could just use buzzwords, and there's your movie. Un- Car- underground worms. Underground worms that hunt by sound. There you go. I'm in. Mutant ants. Yes, radioactive mutant ants. Dope. Attacking the desert. Mm-hmm. For what? Attacking the desert. <laughs> attacking Get the desert. Get that desert. No, it's the dessert. <laughs> yeah, they're attacking they do, the because they they're sugar. Because they they're constantly sugar. They're eating sugar all the time. Hmm. Somebody what broke in here. Sugar. Stole all the sugar. Well, what's so great about them, Chris? <laughs> I love that. I love this movie. By well, the way, it is. It's the great granddaddy of giant monster movies. It, I think, it really is. You know, the radioactive monster and the giant bug genre that you know goes all the way back to. Fuck, you could go back to um, probably Food of the Gods, which was written by um, yeah Wells H. G. Wells. Yeah, so I mean, you've got giant Howard animals and Wells. bugs and stuff that exist in in that story, and. Uh, yeah. But do, do you think this is the first giant bug movie? Is this? Well, of the atomic age, yeah, I think so. I don't think there's another one before it, do you? No, I think this is pretty much the start of that. Yeah. And Unless this was, I'm missing something. This was a, you know, this was a Warner Brothers production, so it wasn't some independent, you know, film studio. This was, you know, the B unit for Warner Brothers. So that means that there's going to be a little bit more money involved and everything. They've got a slightly better uh, pool of actors that they can pull from, which these are all things that I think helped to make this movie very, very successful. You know, you go a full 35 minutes just like they did in Jaws before you actually see your first ant. So pretty much the idea of these things coming, you know, is planted well in your mind. They build the suspense and everything. And and it's actually successfully suspenseful. Yeah. The scene where uh, Whitmore's eyebrows and his <laughs> partner uh, are are looking around in the, uh, uh, not the the trailer what's the, the second the general location? store the, the general store, store. yes With the spooky Swinging. wind blowing outside yeah. that scene is so it's atmospheric atmospheric yeah. and wonderful and by the way it, th- th- this movie starts off wonderful with this glorious black and white but those bright red and, and blue, blue titles well, here's the thing too this film was supposed to be shot in color yeah. and, and then not just color a 3D as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually they had, the, they, they actually, well, they did shoot it in 3D and then they tossed the second reel that was needed for the stereoscopic to work. Interesting. Um, they were having too many problems. But, like, 
yeah, 3D was just very but frustrating. Warner still. Brothers was going to do this, and then they thought, you know what, we're not going to do this movie because we you know we need to save a little bit of money here and everything. So they said, okay, that's cool. They were going to pack up, and Paramount Pictures said that we'll go ahead and we'll make the movie. And then Warner Brothers said, no, oh, no, 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 we'll we'll, we'll, make, the movie. No. we'll make the movie. But in order to cut costs and everything, they kind of threw out the idea of distributing this movie in 3D and also shooting it in color. So a lot of the effects that they have in the movie are specifically geared towards 3D. You know, they've got a lot of flamethrowers coming directly at the camera and everything that would, you know, work really, really well for a 3D movie. But they decided to kind of get rid of that. Do you think it works better in black and white? Um... I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how this yeah. would look in color, but something kind of tells me that I, I don't know. I wonder what the ants would look like in color. Yeah. Well, because apparently they were painted like like a greenish purple. Is that yeah. right? Is that the color? I don't know about the color scheme. I, I, I think it was yeah. like a green purple. If I if I remember like the fucking dumb shit that I read, you know. But like, I, I'm I my aunt, I'm the same way, Chris. I like I'm always curious. Like I'm like I would see this movie in color. Yeah. Yeah. Same with like. Night of the Living Dead. I, I would like to see it in color, just and not a colorized version. But I'm curious. But just like Night of the Living Dead, I think the black and white really helps yeah, sell, especially this atomic shit, this atomic terror. I mean, the the the, the newsreel stuff of atomic testing, yeah. the the duck and cover videos that they're showing schools are yeah. black and white. Again, just like Night of the Living Dead, the the newsreel, the Vietnam footage, the stuff of of it's, it, it's so stark yeah. and it works it's very effective subconsciously but just like you said earlier i'm reading into it whereas a filmmaker you know gordon douglas would be like yeah that was my intention the whole time <laughs> and really we know the truth which was it was a budget move that's you wonderful. know well just, not on his part you just know, like only... night of the living dead yeah they did it in black and white because it's cheaper yeah but it works artistically definitely art from adversity but, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things about this movie. I mean, it's a very, very well-made film. There's a lot of detail that goes into just about everything. I mean, I think the ant designs are great. I think the puppets are great. Dude, the considering... ants look awesome in this movie. Sorry, Chris. I just, I love the ants. And I, yeah. like, the, there are so many of these monster movies from this era, giant bug movies or whatever, and the monsters suck. Or when you watch it, you're like... I mean, they look like ants. They do, dude. They totally look like ants. And they're practical, and they only built three of them. Yeah. So all the shots that you see, whether it's like, you know, after they've gassed the caves and there's the dead ants lying around, they're just repurposing those three ants and creatively shooting them to make it look like we've got all these ants. But they only had three. And of course, it makes it kind of sad at the end when they stick the flamethrowers on them. They burn all the fucking ants. That was the day. You know that yeah. everybody on set was like, did we get all the shots we need to get with the ants before we fucking do this, guys? Because we've got real flamethrowers, and the truth is they had surplus army flamethrowers, and all the people that were shooting those flamethrowers, with the exception of James Whitmore, he, you could flat out see it's him with a real fucking flamethrower. But, I mean, I don't even know what the model is. You know, like a Mark IV flamethrower or whatever. You don't know what the model of the flamethrowers Suck are? my asshole. No, anyway. wait. I was totally <laughs> expecting. I had a whole game design around the models of the flamethrowers. Bite my ant hole. <laughs> so, anyway. Earlier when you said they sent the B team out, I, I didn't say this joke, but I was like, oh, you, the B, you should have sent the ant team <laughs> I should have said it, but I had to now. B team. <laughs> there's just there's so many things. 
Welcome back to Dead City Drive-In. <laughs> this Characters is what you've been missing. <laughs> Characters welcome. That's what you assholes have been missing. I haven't been missing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? <laughs> Wait, who is the third fuck you for? <laughs> the mannequin. Uh, the mannequin. <laughs> Take that, Jack. <laughs> ah! All of a sudden, a hand reaches oh. out and caresses Jack's cheek. Oh. It's the mannequin. So um, there's a few things that I kind of noticed about this. I mean, you know, here we get probably one of the best tropes in horror films is the solitary shock-ridden child that comes walking into frame super carrying effective. a fucking kids doll. Wonderful. Super effective. Yeah, the kid's really, really good. Wonderful. Really, I mean, the image just... of the kid wandering through the desert with a cracked doll is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that. You know, it's kind of like... We've seen this so many times, but this is this is the granddaddy. This is where they really start to kind of you know pull that out and everything. Um, and something I kind of noticed too is that after uh, James Whitmore's character and his partner discover the little girl, and they're going to go check out that trailer uh, where they think she m- might come from and everything. Um, she's kind of sleeping in his lap or whatever, and he has to get out of the, the truck and or get out of the car and kind of put her down. They've got the shot set up where you're seeing all that happen through the windshield. And if you look closely enough, you can see, I don't know if it's the director or if it's the DP or the camera operator and stuff, but you can see a man in a fedora hat, and then you can see a camera magazine all in the shot reflected in the windshield. I noticed oh. later, and I don't know if it's the same thing, but I thought I noticed uh, like a boom op. Yeah, I thought I noticed like in the car reflection earlier, like around that time. But I feel like it was a little bit later. Yeah, wow. yeah. But I mean, like you know, right? It's pretty early in the movie. But I mean, it's clear as day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, he's wearing a dark fedora that's got a white hat, hat band on it and everything. And I'm like, ah, fuck up. <laughs> it was intentional. For as good as the movie is, it's, you've got a little bit of a fuck. My up here. reflection as the director is a reflection on the direction that America has taken. It is oh God God's looking brilliant. down that's on brilliant. the American people, which actually yeah. I've got a lot to say about that too. <laughs> a lot. Oh, yeah. wow. We're gonna yeah. get real. No. Oh, we gonna get all reels, reels, and everything like that. But you know, I was sitting here thinking, looking at the uniforms that the uh, the New Mexico State Police are wearing and everything. Uh, you know, they're highly ornate. Mm. You know, and they all have little bow ties. Did you notice that on the the I police uniforms? The bow ties. They're all wearing little bow ties. No, and I'm kind of like. That's interesting. I mean, I've seen police uniforms where they wear like a regular necktie and everything, but I've not seen a whole lot of police uniforms with bow ties. And these are not, you know, like big bow ties. They're kind of skinny bow ties as well. So I was like, that's an interesting kind of costume design choice. Mm. But like the uh, the uniforms are nice and crisp. You know, they've got, you know, lots of kind of patches and indicia yeah, yeah. and flashing on it and everything. They got the Sam Brown belts that go along with it and, and everything. I mean, they look pretty sharp. Um, so I was kind of thinking, why would these guys be wearing bow ties? And it's it's one of those, I think, probably kind of character things that what would people in the 1950s think of a person wearing a bow tie? I mean, what 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 is evocative of a bow tie? You know, what what might that kind of bring to mind and everything? And I don't know. There's a certain level of like eruditeness, maybe, um, because the New Mexico State Police in this movie 
it's almost like it's an advertisement for the New Mexico State Police because they're they're very technologically adept. You know, here you have these people that are out in the fucking wasteland of New Mexico that basically it's just radioactive sand and glass that's out there, and yet these guys are patrolling and they're wearing very very kind of smart spiffy uniforms. The movie starts with a plane that's flying overhead that says New Mexico State Police on it, and of course they're coordinating with the ground and everything like that. You know, they got a radio telephone in the car. And, um, you know, they've got technology on their hands. Uh, James Whitmore's character, when they go and they investigate both the trailer and the general store and everything, you know, he's very clear about, like, you know, maintaining evidence and everything. He doesn't touch anything. These aren't, like, you know, old West hillbilly hick he cops just, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he puts a pencil in the gun. You know, oh, yeah. Looking at it and everything. And then, and then throws it back he's on like, the ground. Yep, this is a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's a, that's a doll. I love the part where he has the doll head in the fabric, <laughs> and he, like, puts it together and then lays the fabric on, and he goes, hmm. And then he does it twice to show to his partner. Yeah. But to your point about the New Mexico thing, I don't think it's so much that is drilling home that point that, like, you guys heard of this area? Do you know? Oh, no, wait, because the testing was in Nevada. Well, there's the Nevada test site, but Alamogordo, New Mexico is where Trinity was, where the very first okay. atomic bomb so was that, tested. That's what I think yeah. they're really just trying to, like, not so subtly inducing your understanding of the film, like where you're like, New Mexico, what? Now, why do I know about New Mexico? What is it about New... Oh. So when they say, atomic testing, they're like, oh, right. New Mexico is fucking everywhere in this movie, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I love that. I love... Yeah, but they seem to be a very modern police force. They do. That's you true. Know? And they yeah, seem yeah, yeah. super professional in their jobs. Um, you know, they're not a bunch of idiots, which a lot of times, you know, the cops are idiots, you know, well, you know, we need to listen to the teenagers cause they know more than the cops do, mm-hmm. you know, but in this one, you know, the cops are at the forefront to the point too, that when we kind of join, you know, or introduce the FBI agent played by James Arness and everything, you know, they work in tandem here. Yeah, you know? It's yeah, like, Whitmore's it's, along it's, for the it's ride. not a, it's not yeah. a matter of like, you know, okay, we've got jurisdiction here. We're taking over. No, they actually work as a partnership. And then when the army shows up, what I'm happens? In the army. They yeah. wear their uniforms. The FBI <laughs> and the, the new, you know, yo man, when it's big ants, we gotta, we gotta be a team. They we gotta work together. And they're on point. You know, everybody's following their lead, yeah. you know? So I was like, well, this is just, you know, one big team. We're all one great big team. Yes. Which kind of gets into that kind of 1950s mentality stuff that I was kind of talking about, too, because, um, you know, you've got uh, th- this character, Crotty, who is the Texas pilot that Fess Parker plays. And when the FBI agent goes to go visit him and, like, hear his story, like, you know, everybody thinks, okay, this guy's a kook. He's a nut because he saw UFOs. But when he corroborates their story where, oh, my God, the ants are on the move, you know, the queen ant has gotten out and is like establishing a new colony somewhere else. Then he goes out to the guy's doctor and says, yeah, you got to keep him locked up in here and don't let him talk to anybody. I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's deprive this man of his civil rights. (laughs) You know, he's not crazy. He thinks he's crazy. But in the interest of national security and minimizing a panic, it's okay that we basically say, fuck you and your rights, dude. You're going to be held prisoner for doing absolutely nothing wrong. You know, and of course, they continue to kind of do that, you know, throughout the rest of the thing, too, where, you know, the rest of the movie where it's like, OK, um, yes, we don't want to inspire a panic. So basically, uh, we're going to have to kind of step on your civil liberties. And if you're a good citizen, and a good American, you'll do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Can I? One of the things I want to say about this movie that I think parallels so well with Tremors mm. is that I actually I really think that them is is super well plotted, and I think it does the same thing that Tremors does. Like we start to find out about now. If you've seen Tremors, you know what it is. If you've seen them, you know what they are, right? But like if you've never seen them before and you never watched the trailer that gives it away, it is not. It is a mystery as yeah. to what it is. These things, yeah. what what the fuck could possibly be it going? Ripped open a trailer. But, why, why but is then it but brought it's torn, it, torn out. Yeah, it's, yeah torn the, out. There's torn sugar out. everywhere. Yeah. I love that they like Giant they the one guy the uh, uh the guy that they is like why the fuck would I steal sugar? <laughs> exactly. They they arrest the one they would guy. Take like, like sixteen trucks, and that's that's Dub Taylor right yeah. there. I, I love that scene where he's like, now what the fuck would I do <laughs> with sugar if I wanted to make a criminal enterprise out of it? I wouldn't be stealing sixty tons of sugar. You fucking idiots! I love that scene. He actually says that. <laughs> but but what yeah, I but they dub it so yeah you know, dub that's why they call that's him what dub his Taylor. name is Dub Taylor. He was yeah, great at it. Dub, yeah. Um. Michael Winslow learned everything about motherfucker. <laughs> okay, but it similar to Tremors, which again, Tremors is almost I mean, it's a spiritual remake in a way. Yeah. It's it's a They're a, out in the desert. It's a group desert. of people who are trying to figure out they're, they're running into this happened and this happened and putting all the pieces together yeah, to figure the out what the aftermath the is. of this weird attack that yeah, is finding. somewhat familiar and yet vague and they have these experts come in. One of them is a woman who, by the way, I, one of the things I love the scene, love the scene because she's she's not given a lot to do at the at the first the first time you see her. It's like, look at those gams. Oh, I got oh, her I got a fever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you oh, know, cool. it's the fifties. I don't think she's that kind of doctor. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, those two guys are not like they don't come off as like super awful no, and creepy. No. But it's just a comment. No, it's like nineteen fifties oh, creepy. Yeah. yeah, but the scene. Where she's like, I'm going, and she's James Ernest is like, oh, no, you're not. And she's like, let me listen to me. Yeah, dude. I'm going, and she like puts her fucking foot down. I loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, when they get down into the tunnel after they've gassed the ants and stuff like that, she looks at him, she goes, burn everything. Yeah, yeah and he's like, dude. what? What do you want to do? Just shut up and burn everything. Yeah, like, I told you to burn it, God damn it. <laughs> I'm the doctor here. I love, <laughs> and, and both of these movies, Tremors as well, I love... I just love in film. I love seeing a woman with agency. I yes. love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it gives Brandon tremors. I was just so happy to see that because I'd forgotten. I had forgotten that uh, Joan Weldon's character does actually step up. Yeah, she's Chris Kringle's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little, a little daughter clause. But I just, okay, anyway, go on, Chris. Um. Oh well. Uh. Let's see. What are some other little wonderful things? Like the sound of the ants is like so fucking unnerving, and I think you know it's one of those things too that that you know I think a lot of thought went into that. It's an organic natural sound. It's, it's like dolphins fucking, fucking. No, it's not dolphins fucking. It's tree frogs. Uh, tree frogs. Tree frogs fucking, fucking. dolphins. Yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's something that I think that you know you don't see a whole lot too is that these ants killed a kid. Yes, yes. Oh. Who? What? The little girl. Mm-hmm. 
Has a brother. Has a brother. Had a brother. Had a brother. And of course, you know, when they go and they're flying in the helicopters, they see the giant ant mound, and then the ant kind of comes out, and it's got the fucking rib cage oh and its God. mandibles. Dude, I mean, for, Chris, that should have been the first thing you led with. Like, why is this movie great? There's a scene where a giant ant drops a rib cage <laughs> down into the a side pile of, of bones. bones. There's a skull and a pelvis down there and it's, everything. That is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love that yeah. moment. That was I love a that. cool moment. They're like, Oh shit! You know, and and you know because there's a gun belt that there's too, so you know that it's the partner oh, of, yeah. of James oh, Whitmore. Yeah, yeah, so that's there, the you and you know that it's the the father of the little girl and the mother of the little girl and her fucking brother as well. Oh, are all I love it. in there, and then of course whoever was it. at the damn general store. So, but I was kind of like you know when the ants or the when they're when they get to Los Angeles because the uh, the. Queen ants, you know, are kind of, you know, going out and establishing new colonies and stuff. And well, they just, there's 15 minutes of explanation of, of like, uh, of science footage of ants. <laughs> yes. Can I say, that is my favorite part of the, the movie. I, I loved it. it I love my it first too. time. Well, you learn a lot about ants. It yes, was, you do. Yeah, but before, before they show that film, you're like, all right, these giant ants are dangerous and we need to stop them. All right, let's go to the film. Yeah. And he's like, look, I, as he's like, no, I brought this film with me and we're going to watch it. And he goes to the whole mm. film and at the end he's like, now you understand these ants are giant and they're very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like now, imagine that they're fifty <laughs> times the size of what you just saw. Yeah, we got. <laughs> I saw a great horrible thing um, on Thursday with my warshrag. <laughs> I need a glass of water. Um, <laughs> All right, sorry. T- sorry we derailed your, your thought. Uh, well, that's fine. I'm used to it. No, no where were you? Where were you? No, come uh, on. No, I was talking about just, you know, uh, the Los Re- Angeles River. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not really a river. It's a canal system. So whenever it does rain in Southern California, because it's about to happen again, I guess. <laughs> they're, they're, hmm. They've been saying, yeah, Los Angeles is bound for some flooding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, uh, you know, these are the same... You know, viaducts and, and tunnels and stuff that you see in Greece and stuff. Terminator 2. I was going to say, is that where Terminator 2? Yeah. Peter Weller and everybody dancing around. Oh, at the end of Buckaroo Banzai? Buckaroo Banzai. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, you, can, you see him quite a bit in, in film and everything. But yeah, the father that took his sons down there to go play and everything. And then the boys that are kind of lost... Um, I thought, you know, well, we've already killed one kid. Why can't we just kill a couple more? <laughs> What's funny is, like, I lived in L.A., and that is a place where fathers take their children to kill them. <laughs> I don't know. The L.A. River is not a place that you take your son to go hang out for the day unless you're planning on murdering them. Fact. Cool. <laughs> Let's go fly the plane down there. But now we get flamethrowers, oh. and uh, in that particular scene with all the flamethrowers, when they find the nest and they're getting ready to take the nest out and everything, too, James Whitmore is like the one face actor that you see that's actually using a flamethrower. All the other flamethrowers, when they have like the six guys lined up, are all former uh, soldiers from World War II that were all flamethrower operators. So they Snap. managed to get like six of these motherfuckers and fire those bitches up. Up, Whitmore is like, just grease the fuck out of these eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna stink real bad in these pipes <laughs> if you get some of this hair burnt off. <laughs> they look over, just smoke pouring off of them. We got him. Well, it's is funny because they, or... they did that one time too, and it did like they burnt off his eyebrows at one point, and it actually said Brooks was here oh. <laughs> right underneath the eyebrows. A mouse jumped out. <laughs> uh, did it? The ants were, they're kind of cute. 
I felt bad. They're they, kind of adorable. I, Although, shoot the antennae! Shoot the antennae! I, I, did you want to talk about... I just want to say that, that there's that parallel, again, yeah. to Tremors. The first time they take an ant down, they, which fucking is fantastic. Get the machine gun. Dude comes the, out with the pip, machine pip, pip, gun, pip, and pip, 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 I want, I know you're going to tell me what kind of gun it was. What kind of gun? Yeah, it was a 19... Well, it's a Thompson submachine gun. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Okay. Get him. I love it when he comes out and just... <laughs> just starts, like, fucking machine gunning it, and eventually... Like after five minutes, it's it just goes. <gasps> it just like collapses. Getting both of his poor little ant. I think I'm just. It's because honey, I shrunk the kids. Made me love ants. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, auntie. <laughs> but he's the antennae's like. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shoot stop. the antennae. So shoot the other antennae. I love that they're screaming over the gunfire. Yeah. What? Well, and also the what? fucking wind too, <laughs> because it's like just a dust storm. Yes. And they do the old fifties gun firing where they throw the bullet out of the gun yeah. as they're shooting it like this. It adds a little extra oomph on like it. flipping it out. Yeah, I love that kind of fire. I'm like, that's not how trained professionals fire guns. It's incredible to watch them nimbly, pimbly fire in that thing. Well, you kind of look at the evolution of, like, firearms training, especially pistol shooting, particularly through, like, the early 20th century. I do look at that. And yes, it too. is until, like, you get to... Like Jeff Cooper and the 1950s and 1960s were like real competitive and like really, really good shooting stances and everything. I mean, most of it is kind of like from the hip. You know, people that's they train, they train the fucking FBI to shoot from the fucking hip, uh, which was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's absurd. And then finally said, you know, this shit doesn't really work too well. Give you know, him a machine gun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just lit that in. I'll up. tell you what, though, man, you know. Burt Gummer can shoot from the hip. Both movies have that incredible scene of just massacring an ant, but you realize how tough it's going to be. Yeah. It's, and, well, it's awesome. There's a little bit of foreshadowing, too, because when they're reporting, when James Whitmore is reporting to his commanding officer in the New Mexico State Police and stuff, he goes, well, with as much shooting, you know, you'd have to have somebody like an armored battleship. <laughs> oh, how right you are, sir. You know, because it is. It's a fucking ant. What else, Chris, about them? What else about yeah, them? Yeah, any any uh, any wrap ups about them? I can go through and just tell you what's awesome about yeah, it. Yeah, quickly, let's do it. Giant radioactive ants, Chris Kringle battling ants, cool. flamethrowers, human bones, helicopters, flamethrowers. <laughs> they do have that helicopter that's in the land unknown. It's one of those big fat plubs. That's what yeah. I call them. I call them oh, like big plubs. Fat plubs. It's just got like that. It, I, plop, 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 I, yeah, plop, I love plop, that. Plop. Now, do you have the Blu-ray of this? Uh, no. There's like um, the only extra on the film. It's just called Ants. <laughs> and you click on it, and it's like three minutes of like silent outtakes of the ants. So you see them operating it. Oh, yeah? And you see like that plubber coming down and trying to land with the ants in the foreground. They're like not moving. They're just like, and, and then they do another take where you know that Gordon Douglas is like, fucking move the mandibles or something. While the plumber is trying to land behind it, for Christ's sake, <laughs> let's make this a scary movie. And yes. It's wonderful. It's like three minutes. of The just- man was filled with 20 times the amount of formic acid that you would expect. <laughs> Enough to kill yes. 2,000 men or something. What did he say? 200 men. I think it was like 40 men or something. Oh, 40 like men. Yeah. Oh. Maybe it's 20 minutes. I, I don't fucking remember. That's scary. Yeah. I love, uh, this has, a, I guess it's a, a common trope for the 50s where once they wrap up the movie, you know, we've burnt. That's it. No, it's my favorite. <laughs> like, and now I'll state the moral of the film. I don't, I think I wrote down a little bit. You probably know it, but, uh, you know, the, the, they, they burn the ants 
and the the threat is now done. And then Chris Kringle, what does he say? What we will find and eventually find in that new world, no one can predict. Or and like then, in the thing, it's watch the sky. So no, it's, it's a like, nice little like wrap it up. It's just, uh, and let's state the moral at the end, please. Well, it is. You know, they just, they reach the climax of the story, and then like that's it. You know, the falling action is like. Maybe 35 (laughs) seconds. And the moral of the story is... Don't fuck with the atomic bomb and Mother Nature. That's great. Anything else, Chris, about them? As I said before, it is the great granddaddy of giant atomic monsters. It's really good actually it it's, it's a really good, good entertaining well-made film you know it, it's it's a b-movie no doubt about it and everything but this is what happens when you make a really good b-movie and if you ain't seen it don't be intimidated by the fact it's in black and white oh. <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> who is this who is that? chris is not having it he's like God, hey damn it no <laughs> This is you will appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. But but Chris, it didn't have computers. It's boring. Where's the color? At the very beginning, when it says them, it's oh, in yeah. blue and red. I do like, they wear their pants very high in this movie. And their yeah, ties are very short. Yes. <laughs> There's, it's, it's, I think, yes, uh, but uh, it's like a foot and a half wide. Yes, Dude. it's so, I, I couldn't stop laughing. And I mean, I get it, it's fashion. But he had his jacket open, and his tie is like to his sternum. Yeah. And his pants are well above the belly button. Yep. But there's still space between the tie mm-hmm. and the pants. I was like... This is a great look. And that jacket is cut so that it looks like a fucking so square Tracy character. Fucking so shoulder square. pads. Yeah. I mean, we look, at, look at the hem of the jacket. It's, square it is. it's just very, very boxy. So this great. is so I can hide my submachine gun. And don't forget that James Arness was a big motherfucker, too. So He was hiding David Byrne in there. <laughs> and Peter Graves, his brother. <laughs> his brother. He was Mission Impossible in there. Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom. There was so much room. John Voight. Jean <laughs> 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 Renov <laughs> and Marcellus Wallace. Emilio. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Emilio. He got stabbed in the face. Uncredited Emilio. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Well, guys, them is an excellent precursor. To Tremors, it would make an excellent double bill. And you know why this is actually a great film for modern audiences? Why? It puts its pronouns right out there in front. It sure ah, does. It sure does. It does. <laughs> it does. But I have a film. Oh, here we go. What are we getting into? <laughs> and I would like to offer to the table one of my absolute, just wonderful, favorite, cozy movies of all time. And cozy is one of Brandon's favorite words. It is. He likes things cozy. I do. It's comforting. Comfort's important. It is. Coziness. What is? And that is the 1986 film Critters. <laughs> of all the planets in the galaxy. They chose ours. They hide in small places. 
This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way, and they're hungry. They bite. Directed by Stephen Herrick, um, the director of Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> the look of joy in Brandon's eyes. Uh, and it was written. You're so giddy. <laughs> it was written by uh, Stephen Herrick and uh, Dom Muir uh, with a story by Dom Muir. It was basically his his baby. Um and it's got a great. Jeez, it's just a Gremlins ripoff, Brandon. Sure. Come on, you know man. it's it's just like we talked when we. It, and it's funny because you were on when we did Ghoulies, yes! which is also accused of being a Gremlin ripoff. Also started to be shot in 3D, just like them. Whoa! Whoa what it's the tying fuck? together with all of our. Oh my god! Crazy, Chris is. What's happening to you right now? <laughs> He's transcending. <laughs> Did you not to get ahead of? Uh, did you hear um, that the script for Critters was written before Gremlins? Supposedly, yeah. that's Supposedly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had to kind of backtrack and they're like, now nah, make it more like Gremlins. So yeah, which kind of makes sense in a way. It's not really like Gremlins at all. At all, um, <laughs> it's more like Night of the Creeps. Yeah, it's closer <laughs> to that. I mean, if anything, like or Lilo and Stitch. If like, oh yeah, Gremlins are like. Um, they're mischievous and they're kind of like cats, right? Like they they don't really they're they're uh they're assholes. They're assholes. <laughs> well, not to, although I will say that the the critters in this movie are fucking assholes, assholes too. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't they get, they that, do a thing at the end of the movie that, that is like the biggest dick move like, of I all. Assholes. I will say what it is. I la- I have. It had been forever since I've seen this. I laughed out loud yeah. by myself. Yeah. It's- and I went, these guys fucking rule. <laughs> what a dickhead. Yeah. I and love that. And you like, fuck you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, dude, this movie has a great cast. Listen to this cast. D. Wallace. And M- she was still stoned in those Oh, days. yeah. She was stoned. Uh, <laughs> M. Emmett Walsh. Billy Bush. Three names. Scott Billy Grimes. Billy Greenbush. Billy Greenbush. Scott Grimes. Don Opper and Terrence Man, Terrence, who gets a lot of yeah, love on this Largo show. Largo Zone, represent Man. represent. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna read Johnny Steele. I'm gonna read the shitty letterbox synopsis. Read the shitty letterbox. All right, are you ready for this bullshit? Again, so easy. This is such an easy movie to pitch, but this is what they've decided to do: a massive ball. Of furry creatures That's too. That's from another too. world eat their way through a small Midwestern town, followed by intergalactic bounty hunters opposed only by militant townspeople. I don't think any of those things happen. Yeah, I mean, it's... Eat, eat their way through a small... Aren't they pretty much primarily on the it's farm? It's a farm as besieged they eat a by alien terrorists... And a group of bounty hunters show up to dispose of them. That's it's a siege film. Like that's it. Yeah. Like what what the fuck is this militant townspeople? Okay. 
Letterbox. Letterbox. Now, what I love about Letterbox is it's like you know, like if IMDb is like the white trash version of like movie lovers. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, I don't understand why this movie has this ding dong on a doo dang. <laughs> Letterbox is like the film nerds, like people who actually love movies who don't have like those questions, but they're so pretentious in their thought processes. And that's better. I don't know. I thought we got more laughs with the worst. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, well, look, we're kind of back. It's in a weird way. Yeah. We're back to the whole reason I'm wanting to do Letterbox is because I love the app so much. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. and they're now a sponsor. Uh, but really, they got some work to do because, <laughs> god damn. Um, all right, guys, I. I have just these notes of why this movie is great to me. Um, kind of in order of the movie. Uh, it's... <sighs> where I, Okay. I said earlier this is like the cozy movie for me. It really is. I want to live in this movie often. Like, I just... Sometimes I just have that nostalgia where I'm just like... I wish I lived on a fucking farm in Kansas. And like, this is all I had to worry about was like fixing cars kind of for a living. And I got to eat, being a buck toothed alcoholic. I got to eat bacon and, and, and like drink coffee from a Mason jar. <laughs> Put a little and, honey in there. And we have like, a cat named Chewy. Chewy. You know, like it's just, like, and I get to go bowling. It, it just, it's, it's, it's like an the er, simple laugh. It is. It's like this Americana that going to church on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. The movie starts off with a fucking alien escape, <laughs> and it's incredible. But I, the, last night, or I, I rewatched it last night, and it was funny because I was like, I don't need to watch this movie. I get just like Tremors or them. I've seen this movie a hundred times. You know, like it never, but it never gets old to me. But. I noticed something for the first time last night, and that was at the beginning of the movie, they're transporting the Krites, as mm-hmm. they're called, to a prison asteroid. Mm-hmm. And there, you hear the, the intergalactic talk, you know, r- radio transmissions Transferring going eight Krites. And they're going, I, supposed no, I thought they were supposed ten, to be ten. ten. And they're like, well, we had to kill two of them because they were eating everything in sight. And they're like, okay, we'll take them to the disposal unit. And I'm like, now hold on. This is the first time I was like, why didn't you just kill all fucking ten of them if you're taking them to a disposal unit? Because Krites have rights, Brandon. <laughs> oh Hashtag Krite rights. Ooh, that's, that's where they need to go with the remake, yeah. by the way. Um, <laughs> Imagine a Krite attorney. <laughs> they clearly have a complex social system, you know? Like, there's a there's a thing going... Okay, anyway. They get the brain gremlin, you know, Tony Reynolds Ooh. did, though, but he oh. defends them in court. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, Brandon, this is a screenplay you and oh, I need to write, snap. and then we uh, need to uh, sell it. So, we have this incredible alien escape with all this model work, all this, like, really crazy sci-fi shit, a weird yeah. alien man. Yeah. What the fuck is that weird mojo? He looks like... He looks the- like Number one, it's a woman playing the part. That oh, is done. it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I totally think that's because the voice is totally dubbed. I think that's a woman in makeup, which is a trick they've been doing since Star Trek, like the very first pilot that they made for Star Trek. In order to get that kind of weird, uncanny look, they'll take a woman, they'll take an actress, put her in makeup, and then dub the voice with a man, and there's just something kind of like a little off about it. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that would explain this weird fucking alien. <laughs> Um, well, it looks like a Twi'lek from Star Wars. It like reminds me of floating around in, you know, 
It reminds me of like Mojo from the yeah, Marvel comics, yeah, but like they're yeah. kind of poured into like a wheelchair, right? Yeah, or they're, they're floating along. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Strange. Okay, the Baron. But so we have this awesome alien escape. Uh, the crates have stolen a ship. They shoot away, <laughs> and we get this beautiful titles of like this glowing blue, and it just okay. But then it. I mean, this movie doesn't fuck. First of all, this movie is a brisk eighty-two minutes long, Ooh. which I'm guys. <laughs> It's hard to beat a movie that's 82 minutes long. I looked at the thing, I was like, I thought it was 86. It's four minutes of credits. Ah. 82 minutes. You're in and out. Okay. (laughs) But immediately we go from the alien escape to melting, transforming faces. These bounty hunters' faces are glowing green blank things. They look like the blank from Dick Tracy, second reference tonight. And their fucking faces like melt. Like, oh my God. Skeleton with the blood pouring over it. They don't have the nose holes like the blank did, though. Ooh, the blank had nose holes. Yeah. Oh, growth. Okay. And that leads us directly. done by the Kyoto Brothers. I don't think that is. You I don't think, think they did no, the melting I, too. No, I you think, think they just did the puppetry. Yeah, I think the melting stuff was done by Chris Biggs. Oh, okay. Um, but we immediately during if the transformation sequence couldn't be any better, it's underscored by Johnny Steele's <laughs> Power, Power of, of the, the Night. night. Streets are calling, <laughs> feeling from the night. And the shadows calling. Okay. And that is Terrence Mann singing. Credited as man mm. in the post credits. That fucking song is awesome. <laughs> and it it's great because the bounty hunters are watching it on a tiny screen. And the music is like tinny because it's coming from their spaceship mm-hmm. speakers. And then it goes full fucking screen. And the bass drops. And Johnny steals. And that big giant jump he does to the stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> If you don't love Johnny Steele, fuck you. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is a Broadway star. <laughs> to this day, he's still a Broadway star. Rum yep. Tum Tuggers. Rum Tum Tuggers. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's Rum Tums. Oh, my God. Okay, so Johnny Steele is incredible. But it g- jumps right into this cozy farm life that I was... And I just like the opening credits of this farm. and Which this is what ties, I think, all three movies together. They all take oh. place in butt fuck Egypt. That's right. They're all... Crazy monsters from land, sky, nuclear testing, totally different from each other in look, shape, and size. But they all pick to go where all the hicks are. That's right. And they love to eat. Billy Zane shows up with in the this ponytail movie. Okay. and a pierced ear and a Porsche. Now, here's the thing about Billy Zane in this movie that. It's hilarious to me, and I don't know do you, if you guys caught this or not. I'm convinced that Billy Zane is playing the character gay. I think so. Do you? I think so. Okay. He goes out of his way to come up with excuses to not fool around with Nadine Vanderveld, and what fucking idiot <laughs> would come up with an excuse to not fool around with Somebody Nadine with hay fever, Brandon. Yeah. It's true. Okay, it's fair enough. Fair enough, but the whole scene, he doesn't, she grabs him under the dinner table, and he's like, hey, oh. whoa, don't, mm. um, you promised you'd take me for a ride. Oh, I did? Yeah, dipshit. And then he goes, he's like, look, I don't want to, and she t- has to steal his keys. Come on to the hayloft. He's like, oh, I don't know. I've got uh, allergies. Uh, <laughs> uh, eh. I, I, 
I didn't see it quite like that. I mean, you could, yes. Could you read it that way? The text can be read that way. He drives a Beamer. Everybody that drives a BMW is gay. A we Beamer. know it's that. It's a fucking Porsche. He has a BMW. It's a Porsche. <gasps> I'm almost 100% positive it's a BMW. I will kick you in the dick. All right. Well, it's a 917. He's, yeah. Really? Yeah. What does his license plate say? Do you remember? Oh, love wangs. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Yes, it says I heart wangs. Okay, got him. Um, it does say it says two G R eight two great two great. Yeah, two and then his or, or, the other thing it says is I don't give a shit what your other car is. That's wow. like written around. Okay, so Billy Zane really interesting. But then we get into we get cattle mutilations, which is like the stereotypical like alien invasion creature thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, but I want to talk about another parallel to Tremors here. This is another movie that has a PG-13 rating, and this movie came at a time where PG-13 was still very fresh. Uh, Oh, and we actually neglected to discuss this about Tremors. Tremors, you can watch that movie, and you can tell... Where they've gone through and dubbed over the fucks. (laughs) There's only one fuck that's in there this size, and that's the fuck fuck you! Right. (laughs) But there are a lot of fucks said in Tremors, you just can't see them or hear them. (laughs) Yes, and it was incredible. Again, watching it on a 20-foot screen, I was like, oh, he's saying he fuck. He didn't say that. But Critters does the same thing. I, I, I'm convinced that there's a cut of Critters that's a lot more gory. Um, the scene where Billy Zane gets killed is actually pretty horrific. Like, yeah. he gets his fingers bitten off, yeah. and Bit then the stomach. his stomach, is, and there's that shot of him where he's on the ground, and he's like, oh, and like blood's coming out of his mouth, oh, yeah. and it, what I noticed about it is it's it looks uh, cropped and zoomed as opposed to everything else. So there the was movie. too much on here, but we can't expunge the scene. We've got to keep it moving here. So let's just go through and let's reframe it. Yeah, they it. reframed it because they shot on film. They could do it, but it lost resolution. Yeah. So I'm convinced that there's a lot more so gore blew it up in that scene that you don't really see. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, but it pushes that PG-13 again, and there's one incredibly well-placed fuck in that movie <laughs> that the critters get the to critters say. Gonna say and that's another thing that i remember being a kid everybody always talked about on the playground we were always like remember when the critter says fuck <laughs> and we would reenact the line they have weapons so what <laughs> fuck oh right after his little buddy gets just obliterated hilarious did you find you were doing a critter count while you're watching the movie <clears throat> uh, I started to. I did because there's eight, and then mm-hmm. they start taking them out one by one. But then I was like, eh, I'm pretty sure the movie handles it. <laughs> I, I, I lost count, or I don't know. But um, uh, the other thing that this movie does, along with the other two movies, is, and we talked about this maybe earlier, right? It takes the threat seriously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All three movies, they handle this absurd premise giant ants, giant worms, tiny mo- teeth. Hedgehogs with sharks. Hedgehogs mouths. with sharks mouths. Very seriously, they're pretty scary. Uh, How the, well, actually, the first time are, you see the first the time port. you see it though Ooh. is actually when you see the red eyes come oh, up when yeah. she's at the sink doing the dishes. Oh yeah, that's a great <clears throat> moment. But I also love the first time he sees it in the basement. The poor dad is just getting he just gets annihilated. Actually, everybody that gets fucked up in this movie gets <laughs> fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, but yeah, Billy Bush gets fucked and they're, up. They're, they're going for the same wound yeah. on him. Like more God, than. they're 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 so uh, they're loud and they they bite so quick and so much. Like good lord, they're like little piranha. Yes, What's they going? are. They're, they're like, like the Langoliers. Yes, except 
not Shot shitty. teeth. <laughs> and little feet that low, run so very fast. Mans. Scott Grimes, man of action. Hell yeah. I love this kid. He is one of my favorite kid actors from yeah. this era He's of movies. He's quite good. He's very good. He, he is and still so, has a career. He does. Absolutely. <clears throat> but he is so present in every scene he's in. He is so uh he's so cool. Mm. He's like the coolest kid. Like you can just uh, you can tell when an actor is cool like a kid or whatever is cool when they're in a scene and they're like there's a scene where he goes to try to get his bike. He's like dad, I'm going to go. I'm going to make a run for his like dad's like if you if you're gonna do it, what are you gonna What's do? Your he plan? goes hit the yard, grab my beat bike, head to town, get help, and he's like got it all figured out. But that scene where he's walking to get his bike, and there's a big fat fucking he critter. is looking around. His eyes are super wide. You can tell that he's the kind of actor as a kid who hones in on the scene and goes, "Okay, you guys present to me something, and I'm gonna react to it immediately." So I believe that he was scared of these things or surprised by them. That's awesome. He's he's so good. He's so good in it. And I love that he's not afraid. Or he is afraid, but he's like, it's dirty work, but somebody's got to do, do it. Do it. <laughs> well, and then he always has the wherewithal, too. Like, he goes bolting off when everybody's stuck on the front porch and the door's locked. And, yeah, like that. and he takes off. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Well, he's got a plan. He's like, I can climb back up the tree, get in my room, unlock the door. He saves the day multiple times. Good setup and payoff and you know there. Something... They establish he sneaks out onto the tree earlier. Mm-hmm. Dad's like, how often do you do this? Oh, uh, well, once, once or, or twice. twice. You're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Set up and payoff. Yes. Thanks, Thanks movie. Love it. <laughs> Um, I love the scene in the church when the the reverend goes and today tonight <laughs> the reverend we're is... gonna be talking about Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> and everybody giggles. The lady in the front row, she's oh like, "All right, God, let's do this. Is <laughs> this is gonna be hot, hilarious." But what I love is that this is like when the bounty hunters show up, and these bounty hunters. It's hilarious to me <laughs> that they are just fucking up Grover's Bend, Kansas. They don't... They Grover's don't, Bend? That sounds a lot like Grover's Mill. What's Grover's Mill? What's Grover's Mill? Grover's Mill. Wait a second. That's where yo-yo dine propulsion systems are. And Grover's Mill was also where... 1938... Orson Welles. Don't you get it? Oh, shit. War of the Worlds? Oh. Oh. Is that really where it... I, it's a play. I was thinking it. of Tarker's Mill, which is from Silver Bullet. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Stephen King just steals everything, doesn't he? He does. He really does. <laughs> so these bounty hunters just fuck up Grover's Band, and it's hilarious. I love it. I, I love, love... I also love the idea that they... They their faces and bodies can can blend so that they don't stand out so that they can be very stealthy. Mm-hmm, exactly, blend in not and they're like fuck that we're driving through the church. Just like we're driving through the church. <laughs> and we're gonna blow us- up the fucking organ. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful organ. And, and one of us is gonna be the biggest music rock and roll yeah. star. Hey, around. is that Johnny Steele? Yeah, and then the other it. one is gonna be. All the dipshits of I town. Love, I love that he can't the make dipshit a- sheriff, the dipshit or deputy, the dipshit reverend, <laughs> the dipshit alcoholic. I like everybody's like, 
uh, you're not going to believe this, but the dipshit alcoholic <laughs> just fucked up the bowling alley. <laughs> so great. It's incredible. Um, but then all of a sudden the movie turns into a siege film. And siege films are, as we all know, the best films. Sure. There's nothing better than a good siege. Dun, 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 dun. Now, here's something, bum, 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 bum. by the way, that bum, is bum, bum, bum. dropped in all other critter movies. The mic? And this blows my mind because it's. I feel like people forget about this. The critters grow bigger. Are this big yes. at the beginning. They're tiny. <clears throat> the end of the movie, there's a fucking two story critter. <laughs> no, that we're going to turn them into balls. They can put them, they can make a big ball. They're getting bigger, somebody says. They're getting bigger. Yeah. And they are. It's fucking insane. Why don't they ever. The more they eat, the, the bigger, bigger they, they get. get. Now I understand why they're a threat. Like, it's not because. They eat and they reproduce quick, like ants, right? Or gremlins, or gremlins, mm. or the it's they get big. Yeah. So this thing could feasibly, if it eats enough, it's going to be the size of a state. There's and no we are, re- we're dead. Yes. If and it, it can eat it's more. been on Earth for this short amount of time, it's eating so much that one is that big. They never go, like guys. If you're if you're going to remake critters, <laughs> by the way, this is the logical thing to to follow up with. Like make them get bigger and badder and have the end of the movie be a fucking giant critter oh my god all right apparently the giant critter that they made for this movie did not photograph well is what i heard so it kind of gets lost it gets lost in the in the thing but eh, it's a shame um jack you mentioned this earlier d wallace (laughs) she's always in the moment she is. She's great. She's so good at playing. Well, doesn't she turn into a critter at the very, very end, and then uh, Dennis Dugan shoots her? Does the? This is a. She's not a werewolf. It is. She gets. Bit she by sure a looks critter. like a fucking critter at the end of that movie. Oh. That's not a wolf. That's a fucking critter. She looks like Fizzgig. <laughs> I, I legitimately does. I had these moments of like look when, at the end of the howling and D Wallace Stone turns into fucking Fizzgig. She does this thing, <laughs> and her nose is going. Oh, it's got a wet nose. I'm gonna shoot it right in the wet nose because that's how you get him. Is my nose going? Kyoto Brothers, man. You shoot it in the nose. Brandon is flaring his nostrils. You can hear it. Listen, eyes are. Look at him go. Oh, he's taking off. Brandon, you got to stop. You're going too high. <laughs> okay. He's back. Um, oh, I, I felt so bad for D. Wallace. Stone. I have weird moments where I felt bad for the ants and them. I also, I legitimately felt bad for D. Wallace Stone. She keeps cooking and everyone keeps dipping out before they eat the meal. I felt so bad. She made this beautiful breakfast of like bacon and biscuits and weird coffee with honey in it and raisins. Yes. I was like, okay. Yes. And then she makes what looks like a, a great prime rib, mashed potatoes, corn, and they're just like, we're done. We're done. I was this poor, this poor lady. I really wanted to know more. And she's watching Johnny Steele by herself it, on the couch. Yeah. I was like, she doesn't know how to fix the tv when it goes out what something's Jay? wrong with the tv please <laughs> it's like oh she's wonderful yeah maybe she makes just really pretty food that tastes like shit maybe yeah just it's awful Chicken. it's awful yeah she's like the mom and better off dead it's got raisins in it. fries you like raisins <laughs> and it crawls off the plate <laughs> all right <sighs> guys there is 
a disturbance at the Bolarama Lanes. <laughs> and uh, last night was the first time that I realized that I <clears throat> want to live in the bowling alley bar. I, that bar in that bowling alley <laughs> is the coziest bar I have ever seen. There's it's, that word again. Oh my God, you guys. Company. I'm con- I'm like, I've got to buy a bowling alley. Actually, bowling alley bars have always been kind of cool. Well, it's crazy because I just shot a bowling alley commercial. Yes. And I was thinking about it. How's the like, bar in there? Well, it. Well, that bowling alley that you went to, I'm not going to name the names yeah. like that. They've got a location near where I live that I go to. And you know, I, just, I always thought that their bar was quite nice. I'm not going to say cozy, but I thought it was mm. nice. Well, it's the, I kept thinking, I was like, well, that's how they can make money. Make your fucking bar awesome. Make the bar at the bowling alley awesome because all those people are hanging out at the bowling alley. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. I, and you got to have a big fucking jar sitting on the end of it with pickled pig's feet sure and fucking kool-aid pickles and kool-aid eggs the wall is wood paneled there's those awesome like 50s or 60s uh pendant lights hanging around there's like pool table the pool oh my god oh my god i i <laughs> all i could think of last night when An i was old watching this- school cash register yes just please let this bar exist and a tv that like you can <laughs> blow up and shit so just so you guys know i'm building this bar in my house <laughs> all right i'm gonna design a room in my house does to that be really this bar. fit with the whole mid-century modern yes it does it's totally mid-century it's gonna <laughs> absolutely absolutely um okay i want to live there um and by the way you mentioned this earlier i just wanted to I'll bring it back again. Yeah, there's a critter that throws a bike like you don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. That scene where Scott Grimes goes to get the bike, the critter goes, hey, fuck you. He, like, throws the bike at him. He's like, what? Pushes it and goes, you want this fucking thing? This is what you want? Love that moment. Love that these critters are assholes. That critter knew. Because got, like, three. You know, you can't really flick somebody off like this. No, no. but that critter knew that he wanted the bike. And he goes, oh, what, this bike? Fuck your bike. Yeah, fuck your bike. <laughs> Fuck your bike. I fucking hate it, too. Long See the that fucking wet beast. spot over there? That's where I fucked your bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then we have, of course, a critter montage. <laughs> but what's incredible about it is that it's really short. It's not a long montage. Well, they're not big critters unless they eat a lot. <sighs> Gremlins has a montage that goes on for like 10 minutes. And yeah. while we love Gremlins, they're like... Let's do a 10-minute montage of gremlins picking their nose and drinking beer and flashing Phoebe Cates. Critters, that's where I think Jacket comes in where they're like, uh, can we make it a little more like gremlins? And the director's like, I'll tell you what. You we'll do a montage. The suit we're going to... Madness, gremlins, madness. The music kind of sounds like it. I wrote that down. They couldn't get some. Hey, wait a minute. No. Uh, what are we going to do? The song, uh, they rip apart a pillow. and uh, They just they, they rip apart pillows. They murder the fish. The, the fish, oh. it's eating the fi- There's blood in the water. So, like, it's awesome. And then they murder E.T. And I oh, just yeah. want to use that as a, a quick thing to talk about. This movie does... It is... You know, I still have that E.T. doll, that same one. Oh, really? Yes, oh, I do. Oh, with the glowy red? Uh, well, it's painted on. It, oh, okay. It's actually because it's a, it's a, like Naga hide. Oh. And actually mine because it's 40-something years old. Well, I guess, yeah, 40 yeah. years old. 40 it's years like old. It, the, the Naga hide is just degrading. Well, I just, but I still have it. I just saw E.T. in theaters last weekend. Wow. Literally, yeah, six days ago. And Yeah, I saw E.T. in theaters 
40 years ago. Yeah, and I saw the 20th anniversary, too. It was pretty cool. But it's interesting. This movie really is like an antidote to E.T. I love E.T. I thought that was the thing. I, <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't say that the thing is an antidote. You know, like... This it's is the kind antithesis. Of- yeah, this is kind of like... Now, here's what's fascinating. So, the parallels here. Spielberg wanted to make a sequel to E.T., Mm-hmm. And he was like, but I, I want to do something different. Night Skies or is Night what Skies. it was. Yeah, I'm sorry. And it was basically a retell. He had John Sayles wrote the script, and it was basically a retelling of the uh, the Kelly um, alien invasion, the Kelly Farm alien invasion. Yeah, where a group of aliens come down and they hold the family, they lay siege to the house that the family is living in. Yeah. And then later on, they catch Elliot and, like, ass raping i don't know i don't know they what probe I, him i don't know what but but it's fascinating because this movie is essentially that yeah <laughs> and so but it's a perfect antidote to et because it has those same parallels right like you can tell that they're trying to do so it has d wallace stone it has d wallace <laughs> you have scott grimes who's you know not putting the the thermometer on his lamp he's running but in, in the hot, hot water. water and this time she's not fooled by it whereas <laughs> in et she's fooled oh this time, that's a meta joke she goes 106 <laughs> degrees get the fuck out of here <laughs> it's and you know they don't call each other penis penis breath, breath. she he calls the her a shithead, the shithead. <laughs> <laughs> it's an antidote to me it's like a perfect and then of course during the montage the critter rips the head off of et that's great all right where are you from <laughs> that's what he asks oh, yeah. where are you from I think I said this earlier. There's a two-story critter. I rewound it to just to double check, but they're terrorizing Scott Grimes' bedroom, and then a critter walks by the window. That means it's two stories tall. Reaches through his dresser. Well, is that the one that actually got his sister? I guess so. Because when it's dragging her behind through the forest, and it's making its way to the ship... It doesn't doesn't look look two stories tall, but there are some scale issues. But (laughs) Obviously. Or... That critter's still around. <gasps> Did we, we this need, is why I was trying to count guys, the critters, man. Count I was the, trying to count them, and um, I, I lost track. You know, backing up, there's one uh, There's one critter death that I, I still... It's so funny to me. I, I, it made me laugh. The toilet the, critter? Not the toilet critter. The one that uh, eats the firework. Because I I went, okay. I skipped it, but yeah, oh, combustible no. crite. It was great because- It made I, me laugh last night, too. It made me laugh because it- uh, So he eats it, and I was like, ah, okay, awesome. He is going to- It's going to be a glorious slow-mo <laughs> explosion. And then it just goes, boop. And his eyes bulge out and then i was like and then i went to the other way where i went oh this is very funny this guy you can't kill him he ate the explosive just like whatever and then he goes and just fucking falls falls over he goes what and it cuts to like a wide shot and just goes (laughs) so it's i was thinking huge explosion they got me and then i was thinking oh he's still alive your expectations it's the very comedy version of both of your movies where you've got them machine gunning yes. or the ants get machine gun mm-hmm. and goes the tremors get exploding. fucking exploded Throw and then this time it's just like it eats a firecracker goes hey and oh shit <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a spicy meatball. But Chris, you mentioned the toilet critter and I just want to say there's a that scene where a space cannon dick Explode, <laughs> fucks, pisses a critter down the fucking toilet. And you know what? That's what what he what he picked up when he picked up the the dead critter 
pelt. Yes. It's a fucking Merkin. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> they went to an adult store nearby Are and you bought serious? a bunch of Merkins. That's hilarious. And that was the pelts that they used for the dead critters. Well, they show his, like, space oh yeah space cannon dick goes (laughs) like retract back into his jeans busted um (laughs) that's incredible but here's the deal guys critters to me feels like the awesome i don't know sci-fi creature thing that stephen king never wrote okay does that make sense so like no please elucidate on that all right well (laughs) well, so you know stephen king has done a lot of sci-fi but i think the the famous the most famous sci-fi thing that he wrote from his, let's just say, golden era is the Tommyknockers. <clears throat> and I don't know if you guys have read the Tommyknockers, but it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's a terrible book. <laughs> the miniseries is much better. Well, it, it, yeah, they got, they're got they not working with a whole lot there. But, all right. the This film is, I, like, you can imagine that Stephen King could have expounded on this story. So again, the, a disturbance at the Bolarama. There's these characters that are also well-drawn. They're all like, there's town folk. There's, uh, you get M. Emmett Walsh's share character, but then you have Lynn Shea playing the, the, the receptionist, secretary. Who, yeah. yeah, receptionist, who's <laughs> like, this report says ta- uh, John Travolta used to be a waitress. <laughs> blah, 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 wherever it is. I gotta go home and wash my hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, and you know, you get the deputy who's like, uh, pick up the phone. That's Lover. Neelix from Voyager. That's right, that's right. Mm. So Ethan Phillips. It's just all these characters. Then you have, of course, the the small town drunk with the history. Um, that the dude's pitcher, an android. The pitcher with some heat. Yeah. Who literally, and again, you can see this chapter in a Stephen King book. Charlie pitches a perfect game would be the name of the chapter, because at the end of the movie, <gasps> the pitcher who had some heat takes a Molotov cocktail and throws it into the ship and he's letting go of his alcohol that's Ooh. right set up and pay off if that isn't doesn't feel like something that stephen king would have written yeah that's what i mean yes. it, like it has that vibe it's got that small town vibe where the characters are kind of larger than life so wait a second stephen king rips everybody else off but these people have ripped him off sure wow <laughs> it's so meta all right but guys it ends with the biggest dick move <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in alien history oh. as they're flying away as the critters escape thinking they've escaped by the way scot free scott grimes they take one last little moment <clears throat> to circle back they circle their <clears throat> ship back to fly over the farm and laser blast the house so that it explodes so they're like ha ha they like laugh they as they press the button. They didn't have to do this. They no reason. Just, they didn't know their ship was about. They could just keep going. But they're like, Space you know what, assholes. Fuck you guys. And that that explosion. Yeah, that actually, was, that was a good. The house. That was, oh was shit! Big. Yes, it is. That was huge. It's a I, big it scary is explosion. Obliterated. <laughs> I put a Norwegian in the boiler room. <laughs> and that went. That set off a pack of thermals that I put upstairs. Some big. days it's great to be alive. And that said. That what that is a good effect, and I, now I don't like the, the the reconstruction of the house. I don't like that they have a magical space button that they can press that build. But the effect of the house being rebuilt, yeah, is pretty yeah, it impressive. Pretty well. it's great. Yeah. It looks good. 
you could tell they took the same approach that they did in Poltergeist, where they had yeah. wires attached mm-hmm. to this model that they pulled, and then they just reverse it. it. It looks really, really good. And then, of course, my God, <laughs> the little cherry on top is just a special chewy delivery in the mailbox. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. The kitty is in the mailbox. Oh, wow. <sighs> and then it's four minutes of the Critters theme. This <laughs> Awesome synth. Actually, that is pretty cool. It's like the fucking coolest monster movie theme. It is pretty cool. I I took the time just to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I want this soundtrack so bad. And there are these old back issues of Fango that I have where they're like, "Oh, buy these the the very Saraband you know records," and they have the Critters soundtrack is like like on vinyl in there. That's and I'm like, oh, that's like nine ninety nine. I'm like, if you if you could ever find that album, it's like a thousand dollars. Anyway, fucking Critters is just a oh, and the other one last thing I noticed the end credits say additional scenes by Don Keith Opper, who plays the drunk. And I'm like, oh, that's why he's in the movie. <laughs> he's, of all the actors in the movie, the probably the least good. And he goes on to all of the... He is in all the movies. He is the... Uh, he and... He's the... Terrence brother. Mann are like the only two that like... Is Terrence in- Mann in Critters 3? I think so, yeah. I think Terrence Mann did like four Critters movies. Okay, all right. Wow. <clears throat> His brother is the producer. Yeah. And you said he's in Android, which his brother yeah. also produced. So go figure. There it is. Guys, Critters is just one of my favorite. It is an 80s version of them. It's, mm. It is the same concept of a monster movie, a B movie. These things just come from space, mm-hmm. but it's the same it's the same premise. It's got the same beats. It's the same beats. It hits the same thing. But and then Tremors is the nineties version yeah. of that. Wow. It's deconstructed a little. So if Critters is um less clever in it the way it homages, like I wouldn't say that the script is clever, right? Like I don't think it's the smartest script in the world. That's I'm and I'm not don't mean that as an insult. I just Tremors, I feel like that script is like very, very smart. But uh, but it's kind of like a deconstruction at the same time of them, whereas Critters is like, it, it's it got its heart on its sleeve. It's got like a tattoo of them on its arm, yeah. you know what I mean? But at the same time, it hits the same beats that, that Tremors does. So it's just a, it's just a wonderful film. <laughs> I love that movie with every inch of my being. I... And what else is that film, Brandon? Um, cozy. Oh, it oh, really no. is a cozy it movie. Is, these are, I, I mean, actually, uh, 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 do you have a... a so, obviously, uh, uh, Brandon has an affinity for Critters. Cozy, cozy. The same thing here with Tremors. Super comfort movie. Cozy. Feels fun and lovable. Do you feel that Makes way your about... your testicles all tingly. Yeah, a little, <laughs> more, a little test tingles. Test tingles. Do you have that spot in your heart for them? I think so. I, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of put them up there as something a little more important. Yeah, you know, yeah. and not to say that you know, tremors and that that critters are you know not important. Well, them is the just first of its kind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As I said before, it's the great granddaddy yeah. of yeah. all these movies yeah. and everything. So there's a certain reverence there's that I kind of pay it and everything. Too, yeah, 
but it's just it's so damn fun and it's so well it's it's so much better than it should be that's that's, just, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it dude that's like all three of these movies are better than they should be like when you when you hear the pitch of radioactive ants underground worms little tiny carnivorous gopher from space yeah you roll your eyes but you go hold on give it a watch and you're surprised by the amazing amazingness of the films it's great now i just want to do a real quick real fast Hmm. i want to now them didn't have any sequels but it did have a lot of movies including tremors and critters that copied it Mm -hmm. but both tremors and critters had quite a few quite a few sequels Jack, what are your opinions on... Yeah, they got it right on the first time with them. <laughs> Tremors, Tremors 2. Uh, uh, Tremors, uh, Tremors 2 is called... Uh, After Aftershocks. Yeah. Very clever, by the way. Oh, I love it. Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. Tremors 4 is, I believe, The Legend... The Legend Begins? begins or Continues, or... Oh, it's yeah. a prequel. Um, and then you got, like... Shrieker then there's Island, like Shrieker. I, I don't remember. Day. Cold Day in Hell. I've, and then I, there's a recent one, I think. Then there's well. a TV series. No, and then there was, there was the canceled f- sci fi TV series, which brought Kevin Bacon back. Oh. Yeah. If you ever heard Kevin Bacon said, it goes, I don't understand what they did. We had a fucking, you know, once again, lightning in a bottle again, yeah. he said. Oh, man. That's Amazon for you. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think of the sequels to those movies? Um, I, I, my original plan was to watch them all. Before and I just flat out ran out of time. So I'll start from the no end. No plan survives first contact with the enemy, Jack. No plan. Uh, uh, Chris has a giant Bowie knife out right now, and he is licking, <laughs> dropping it on, on my wing. <laughs> oh my! He's God. using. He stretched his balls out, <laughs> oh, and he's using it to sharpen his knife. So leathery. <laughs> um, have you Put ever seen any water on bastards, it? dude? Yeah, just use a whetstone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, it's hard. <laughs> oh, um, I, like four, five, and six. I have only. I think. God, what was the most recent one? Shrieker the, Island. Shrieker Island. I think I is that the one with Jackie Earl Haley in it? Yeah, I, I watched like it. ten and I, I and I stopped. I did the yeah. same. I want to get because I will say Michael Gross is just charming as yeah. all get out. But I started it and I was like, I, I wish you well on your journey. But I've seen enough, and I kind of had the same reaction with four and five. Yeah, me too. Um, three. Am I the one, the only one that like just fucking hates most sequels that come out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What? Uh, well, is it because, because they're know, not? I, well, is it because they're not in black and white? No, no, no. It's just. <laughs> I love Tremors. Yes. I love Critters. Yes. Tremors 2, I watched it and just didn't like it. Maybe it's because Kevin Bacon wasn't in it. I mean, it has Fred Ward, and I love Fred Ward. I don't like the guy that he was paired with in that. I no, thought he that was a fucking idiot. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, great. You put but, legs on him. Okay. No. I, I thought it was stupid. I thought the effects were really bad in, in that movie. Oh, I love him. Um, yeah. And after that, Dennis like, Murin did it. I lost oh. interest. And Phil Tippett. I think they, like, those oh, were, shit, yeah. I think that they had, like. I thought the matting looked like shit. Yeah, Because especially, like, did. when they were coming up next to a building and they're running around the building, I'm like, that looks I really mean, bad. And, and this is something I do, I, I will say, uh, uh, three's the one with the ass blasters. It's been a while since I've seen that <sighs> See, one. See, there we go again with the dumb names. Yeah. And uh, if that's a joke, then fine, but, like. Yeah, that's, it, they start, I will say, um, one is, no pun intended, perfection. That's yeah, that. yeah. But. 
I I do have a really soft spot for two. I, I do too. I, I love it. I do too. Um, two. Uh, one of the things I remember is two was direct to video. It uh, and this right. is this is kind of back when at least when I was a kid, direct to video was very looked down upon. This yeah. is pre streaming and all that. Sure. So if something didn't get a theatrical run, it was looked at as lesser than. Right. But. Tremors kind of bombed at the box office and found its legs, no pun intended, uh, at, on home video. So this direct-to-video, I picked it up, I watched it, and I loved it. I, I still, to this day, one of the parts, I love that I love that Fred, I love that Earl Bassett found his lady. I love, I, yeah, that's she's great. She's wonderful. That, Helen Shaver. Helen Shaver, but I love that it's like, he <laughs> sets it up at the beginning. Set up his payoff. Like, Playboy like, Playmate of the month. Uh, like, six, I, and I forget the year, but you know, whatever, play, yeah. that's, that's the woman I love, and she's like, I I did a modeling play. I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, this is delightful!" It's and a pretty good set. I, yeah, great. Too, too great. Hold on, there are there are some bits in there that people have forgotten about that are perfect. Um, remote remember, control cars, remote control cars, dope. But also, Chris, you mentioned the the pan over uh, to reveal the mm-hmm. weapon wall. Do you remember the pan over in part two? No, what? <gasps> so we're calling Burt Gummer. We need him back. Where Michael Gross, beautiful scene. Fred Ward needs him. I need you back. And he's, you know, all oh, poor, poor Heather has left him. You remember now. Yeah, he's <laughs> Tremors. Um, Graboids or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, oh, say no, tremors. doesn't say Tremors. Don't say Tremors. <laughs> it would make Brandon happy. <laughs> but what's great is he's talking like, so what you up to, Bert? And um, the camera pans back. And on the wall is, I believe, and I'll mess this up, but it's it's different game hunting that he's done. There's like, I think, a, a lion head. There's a bear head. And there's a fucking Graboid head. Yeah. I was like, wonderful. It's a beautiful reveal. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. I, I enjoy – I know the effects might not hold up as much because, uh, one, I the effects, I think, are still perfect. Um, two, there's definitely some CGI Well, they have stuff. some 1995 CGI, and I get it. Yeah, I get what yeah, you're saying, Chris. Like, I understand. Lower budget even. It is. It's a it, – but I, I think the heart is there, the and I think that it's it's got this because it's the same writers. Yeah, and I just yeah. think that they extrapolate the ideas. It's a logical progression mm-hmm. for a sequel. It's a shame that Kevin Bacon's not in it, and I agree, the dude does not. He's no good. Yeah. But they've that that's been the struggle for all of the Tremors movies. Is whether it's Jamie Kennedy, away. whether it's I don't whoever the fuck is in these movies, like they're not Kevin Bacon. And, and and Fred, Fred Ward. Ward, so that's a problem. But Michael Gross has been—he became My, the Don yeah. Opper, yep. you know, of but. these movies. So, <laughs> and I'm trying to think. There, uh, the one thing you mentioned this earlier, uh, really quickly. One thing I love, Trimmers. What makes it part of what makes it compelling is the not knowing the monster and figuring out. Okay, it's a snake. Wait, no, it's not. It's big. Oh, it's blind. It hunts by sound. We can use sound against it. And in this one, going into it, I was like, well, that's gone now. We can't – we know how do they work. Now they start – the idea that they're evolving I thought was genius. It's cool. And I, Oh, that, I love that they do the uh, the fire extinguisher yes! on them to like keep them cold. Oh, yeah. the they, they know the rules. They, they see yeah, by yeah. – they Heads see by – yeah. we got to yeah. cool down. And I love uh, – also, Bert, uh, Bert has brought all this uh, – one of the best lines ever. I am completely out of ammunition. Oh, because it doesn't he bring it all and then it gets all blown, gets up, blown immediately, up immediately so a, then they're fucked. Yeah, yep. it's and great. Then that, so it kind of see. It I haven't does, watched it in like twenty five years. Give it a chance. It's worth give a it a chance. It's worth a rewatch. I think it's if if uh, if. Uh, but Tremors I feel the same is, way about the Critters movies. Too. Now it's that's diminishing returns. Yeah, so, so absolutely. Uh, uh, all I it's funny. All I remember about Critters two is the Critter Ball and boobs. That's, that's right. All I well, remember. it's so Critters two for whatever reason seems to be, and I'm not sure if it is 
or if it's the director kind of pushing this narrative. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be the one that fans love the most. The Easter Interesting. Eggs? Yeah, I don't really think... I think that's really just the director acting as though his movie is more beloved than it really is. Critters 2 is not a good movie. That's it's, awesome, yeah. It's not. It's... What about Psycho 4? <laughs> it's not a good movie. Okay. Psycho 2 is wonderful. Yeah, Psycho 2 is really good. Psycho 3 is batshit and crazy. <laughs> Psycho 4 is, yeah, it's pretty pretty milk toast. <laughs> and Critters 2 does this thing that I absolutely despise and that none of our movies do. The, it does not take the threat seriously. Right. Everything is a joke to everybody in the movie. It's very, it's like funny, but not funny. It's, it's, and it's not quite snarky, the thing that we all, we hate, Chris. Well, it like, hasn't quite gotten to the age of snark yet. But it so. has that vibe. <clears throat> It's and like, these things are going to kill you violently. Aren't you scared? Yeah. No. No, we're too busy oh. making jokes about it. Oh, okay. Well, then if you don't give a shit, why should I? Yeah. <laughs> it's... And terrible, terrible casting. There's some terrible actors in that movie. I Like, the uh, the the, uh, the grandmother in Critters 2 is like the worst. Oh, I really, I, I, and I, I have the box that I have all four Critters movies, and I tend to watch them often. Like, I... Did they make another Critters one that beyond Critters three four? and four? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll just I'll blow, blow through this. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't like Critters two. Critters three is back to the siege concept. Nice. It's and this is the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, right? and it's yeah. set in a in a high you know an apartment building, and it's interesting. Oh, Poltergeist three. Not a high rise, mm-hmm. but like an apartment building. So it's more like a like tenement, like the Roberta Finlay film. It's got like a very um, it's a siege film. I've always had a soft spot for Critters 4. And what's incredible about Critters 4 is people are always like, oh, you mean the one where they go to space? And I'm like, that's where they came from. That's where they came from. Yeah, it's okay to go back to space. That's awesome. I really enjoy Critters 4. It's got Brad Dourif. Yeah. It's got Terrence Mann as the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Angela Bassett's in it. Angela Bassett's in it. And it's got Anders Hove from Subspecies. Hell yeah. (laughs) Radu! And it's like a hard PG-13. It is a mean-spirited, nasty movie. I kind of dig Critters 4 a lot. Then they did a couple of... They did a, a web series that's uh, atrocious. And then there was like a remake, Critters Attack. Just don't bother. Nice. But... All right. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. We This, is real, this has gone on long enough, you guys. <laughs> we have... A double feature to program here, and we need to pick what is going to be the best B feature for Jack's choice, which is Tremors. And unfortunately, Jack, it's up to you to choose. And I do not envy you because if I wouldn't be able to pick one, I don't know what I would do. I want to do a triple feature. I th- that of course is what I would like to do. We I can't. Know we can't. You have to piece. We the guys. can't. Um, do you have any final? Guys, honestly, I think both of these work perfectly. It's a, you both have selected, and I, I won't stall too long. You've both made perfect choices uh, either way. Damn um, straight! <laughs> my final words are, if you don't pick my movie, I'm not you yet. will never be on the show again. <laughs> okay, Chris? If you do not pick my movie, mm-hmm. you'll have to pick Brandon's movies. <laughs> Oh, no, oh wait! No. One of you, one of you always tells the truth, and one of you always lies. So, um, so 
Brandon, what would Chris say that I should? <laughs> no, it, Thursday was his horse. Um, uh, okay. I, I think, oh man, I could go either way. I think I've kind of finally got it. Um, because I feel like Tremors is a perfect B movie, and I feel I feel like them them is not it, them feels like the granddaddy and feels like you said special. I think Critters gels more with the B movie feel. That's just and again. Wow. Chris is, Chris is why up. does my movie never get <laughs> fucking picked? Why? Uh, that's why, why? I'm, that's why I'm picking them twice. I love you, Chris. Yes. Yes. Damn straight. Yeah. We're just going to screen the movie twice. <laughs> no. Okay, surprise twist. I'm taking Tremors off the bed. It's going to be them and Critters. It can't be. <laughs> no. Yeah, yours can't is no. Yours no. is already I, in. No. Finally, we solved the problem. <laughs> what if we just bring three what if we just great do, movies? Yeah, Chris, me and Chris have got this handle. We don't need a guess. It's just we're going to pick the double feature from here on out. I love it. No, I I, I think wonderful movies. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, the bee-ness, no pun intended, because it's an ant movie. But I feel like the bee of Tremors and the bee of Critters would be a very nice show. But then again, you could go Tremors and them and call it them. Oh, just fucking say it again. Jack, I love Brandon more than I love Chris. So <laughs> we go to pick his movie. the truth comes out. Awesome. So we all right. So we have a double feature of them. It's because my movie's black and white and critters. Because it? it's Chris, black and white. How do we theme this? What do no, we I love call it. this? He just said them and critters. It's decided. Oh wait! Oh, did I? Yeah, that was perfect. No, let's do it. Oh no, no, no! no, no we no, can't. No, 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 it's tremor. No, it's, no, it has it's tremors. Be, it's tremors and critters. It's pretty alliterative. Not alliterative, but it's got that little oh, like, internal there rhyme. Are two syllables but, and the end in s's. But <laughs> Chris is sharpening his knife again on my also, ball. Also, all three now. of these movies have the, the like the name of the monsters tremors, in some way critters, that are not accurate. Them, them. Oh, yeah, they're them. not ants. Critters, tremors. They're, they're graboids. Critters, they're, they're crites. <laughs> kind of crazy. That's great. Small towns, eccentric. T- t- so what do we theme this as, man? How do we, how do we, what do we make this double bill say on the marquee? Invasion. Country creatures. Creature country. Creature comforts. Cozy. Cozy. Creatures. <sighs> Comfort. Creature, creature comforts. Creature comforts. Creature comforts. Wait, that's a phrase, right? Yes. Creature, creature comforts. Creature, yeah. creature oh, comfort. Double feature. Be... I think. What do you guys? What do you think? Creature comfort. Well, since the graboids look like dicks and the critters look like balls, it's like creature come fur, and they put like cum in their fur. Oh. And since the critters were basically merkins. That's what you got to come anyway, right? Yeah, there we go. I okay, think we've got it. So, come catch us. What we've said is we we all right. Both of these movies are <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Both of these movies are comfy, cozy movies that we love to watch when we're feeling maybe not at our best. They represent an era that no longer exists in our modern world. But they so there's a comfort to it, a coziness to it that we aspire, we have a nostalgia for that we really wish. And they're nostalgic movies by nature. They're monster movies that are looking reverent to the granddaddy of all the monster movies, which is them. Chris, you're still a part of it. So it's a 
comfort you film. Patronizing bastards. Creature comforts. <gasps> Creature comforts. There we go. Chris, we could have called it Creature Cum Farts if you're okay with that, too. <laughs> Actually, I like Creature Cum Farts. Yeah. Creature Cum Farts. So there you have it, guys. It's a Creature Comforts double feature what with came Tremors. Out of that back door? <laughs> with Tremors and Critters. Tremors headlining, Critters following up. Do yourselves a favor and rewatch all three of these movies. You will not be disappointed. Mm. They are all wonderful films that take a simple premise and elevate it to a place that it has no reason to be elevated to. The I love still think these. it's because my movie was black and white. It was pretty boring. It is. It was black Brandon, and white. It's 15 see, minutes of ants. Brandon, did you see how boring it was? <laughs> it was so old. Well, look, guys. Chris is dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> no! Look at that face. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that wraps up another episode of Dead City Drive and I would like to thank our guest Jack Holloway who will never be on the show again it's been a nice <laughs> run guys I'll miss you both very much I love you once again I am Brandon Windish and I'm Chris Holkin and remember at this drive-in if the cars are rocking it doesn't mean someone's fucking they're probably getting murdered because they picked the wrong movie <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Want to have words with the management? Email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future episode. And hey, why not rate and review Dead City Drive In on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show, keep the admission free, and splatter just the right amount of slime and sleaze onto our mutant friendly drive in screen. Under 17, not admitted without parent.